Howdy, This After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. weeks ago only a few weeks ago they turned around and called the avengers infinity war the greatest crossover of our time but tonight people i'm going to prove to you that there are even better crossovers than that as i present Diz after darts infinity war review with a galaxy of podcasters i am soap dish and tonight i'm playing the role of kevin feige or stanley and i'm going to try and create some order into this chaos that's going to come up. Um, so, going around the table in front of me at the moment, representing Disaster Dark, we have our beloved Mr. Paul Dolan. I am Paul D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not playing on the group, but oh, right, okay, I get, <laughs> couldn't I, do the voice. No, no, it just sounded like, it sounded like Eeyore. <laughs> Scottish Eeyore. <laughs> Scottish Eeyore. Um, <laughs> representing Universal After Dark, we have our own Luke Skywalker, Mr. Luke Birdwick. I am Squidward. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I really didn't want to say anything. And making his first appearance on this very podcast. Uh, you've heard him on such podcasts as Pop After Dark, and that's probably it. It's my brother from another mother, Whitey. I am Steve Rogers. You are, well, 
You get oh, well, you've got that t-shirt. That was a good you've one. You've got that t-shirt, so it's, you, can, you can you can kind of get away with that. Um, now we are all on this episode because we have all seen by now Infinity War, um, and this is the second go around for me and Wisey to talk about it. Um, and there are I've got nothing left to add. <laughs> See you later. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> we have uh, hopefully got some other podcasters dropping in a bit later on in the show. Um, but the, the idea for doing this is that we've now all seen the film. Um, I'm going to ch- keep checking the internet while we're recording this episode because at the moment the final figures have not been announced um, for what it, it opened with. Um, we've had the, the, the kind of preview numbers, but it looks like it could be even higher than that. So I'm going to see if I can get a final total while we record. But I just wanted to get everyone together uh, and talk about what's become the biggest film in, in years. Um, and, uh, so, sorry, could you imagine not seeing this film already? Yes, yes. I, I know people seeing it for the first time actually tonight. I know other people... Amanda, rest in peace. She's not dead, I'm joking. Um, and still having it around How has she seen it? Well, she, ha- she had tickets to see it uh, midnight on Wednesday, and she still hasn't seen it yet because she's been poorly. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, well, I, 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 guess, I guess things are taking a turn for the worse if you're saying rest in peace. No, at least I was joking. At least I was joking. Uh, right. She's, she's uh, spunky and plucky and is ready to record Universal Start this week, apparently. Um, we'll see if she's well enough to do that. But more importantly than trying to record an episode of a podcast, she needs to go and see this film because the longer you're not seeing this film, the more chance some idiot is going to spoil it for you. And apparently somebody's already done that to her today. Um, some, really? she, she saw something on Twitter. Um, there's a few idiots now, a few like complete Z-list celebrities. Um, he, uh, some bloke who won the last season of Dancing with the Stars, Jordan something. I didn't watch last season, sorry. I, I, I purposely said that because I know. we have the only person in Britain who <laughs> actually gives two shits about Dancing with the Stars. And listen, listen, Derek Koff wasn't in it, so I've no interest. That man is a glorious dancer. Absolutely. He's got uh, feet like um, candy. Um, <laughs> cotton candy, that's what I was thinking. Cotton candy. Um <laughs> Wait, are you, you're not the kid standing outside his front garden holding that sign about picking candy, cotton, are you? Uh, my lawyers have, have asked me not to confirm or deny anything to do with yeah. um, Derek. Sensible. Um, but whoever it was, that knob, um, who no one's ever heard of, but he won Dance of Stars last year, he was putting out um, spoilers yesterday, and he was like, look, you're obviously not a big enough fan because you, if you was a big enough fan, you'd have seen it by now. Now, I do, I do understand that argument, absolutely, but um, it isn't always because of how much of a fan you are. It is literally just because you don't get a chance to see it. So, um, you know, there are people that still haven't, seen Infinity War and I, I do feel sorry for him because our lives are enriched we've seen it um, we don't have to hide anymore we can say loud and proud that we've seen this film <laughs> uh, and we can talk about it openly so unlike the episode of Pop Off Dark we put up last week which we had to um, censor the spoilers we was going to talk about because of the random people that sat next to us in the bloody empty restaurant um, and, and why we felt uncomfortable doing it 
This episode. I don't want to spoil the movie. It is, it is the absolute that, movie that should never like, be spoiled. They shouldn't have sat next to us. There was an empty restaurant. They did, had no yeah, need to sit no, next to us. They didn't know what we were talking about, did Maybe they? that's why they did. Maybe that's why. Um, right, so. Fans, fans of this show. They might, well, they weren't wearing their badges or their T-shirts, but, you know, you can't wear them every day. Um, badges. <laughs> that's another podcast. Right, so, um, this episode is going to be spoiler-heavy. Um, unlike what we did the other day, where we, we kind of alluded to a few things and talked about a few things, this is going to be more uh, spoiler-filled. So, if you haven't seen Infinity War yet, do not listen to any more of this podcast. There's going to be no music. There's going to be no pausing while you turn it off this is it if you're listening past this moment you're entering spoilersville and that's it there's no turning back from that so turn off if you haven't seen the film everybody else get closer coming closer to where the speaker is whatever you're listening to this through your earphones your speakers on your tv whatever it is get closer we're going to talk about infinity war right after i ask everybody what they're drinking and i'm going to start off with mr d as a tradition all right, so I'm on the full fat bud. I got a Budweiser. Full but fat I'm bud. Look at you. There we are. Yeah. Um, why two? What are you drinking? Uh, double strength cherries and berries, baby. Double strength cherries and berries. Ouchie, wow, you are going to end up in a mess tonight. Uh, Luke, what are you drinking, my friend? Good old cup of tap water. Good old cup of towels. It's the cheapest <laughs> option. Yes. It's the cheapest option out there. <laughs> Hell yes, H2O. And I am uh, in tribute to Boston and Mr. Ripley, um, who may or may not turn up later on. We never know. We never know what's going to happen. Um, I am drinking a Bud Light. Dearly, dearly. <laughs> of course, it's a screw top, so it made absolutely no noise. Pathetic. Um, right, so, I want to start off asking people what their opinion of the film is. Now, I'll start off with the, the answer I know definitely because I watched it with him. Why to? It's been a few days now. Um, you've seen it three times now? Three, three times a movie, yeah. Yeah. So you've seen it three times. So, um, you've seen it three times. What are your views and opinions on this film now? Um... I think I came out with the knee-jerk reaction of saying it was the best film. Bear in mind, I'm 34 and 512s. I came out with the mindset that it was the best film I'd ever seen in the cinema. And having watched it three times, and it's crazy long as well, though it doesn't feel it, um, I'm still of the mindset that it is the best film I've ever seen in the cinema. Um, I loved it from top to bottom. Uh, for, For me, there's very few flaws um, and it's also like, I want to talk to people about this movie. And because people haven't seen it, it's like, oh, go see this movie. And I'm trying to tell people who are on the fence about seeing it, go see this movie. Um, I, I, I'm in awe of it. I mean, that's, that's bold. That, that's yeah. really, really bold. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. It's, it is very bold, though. Um, I'm now going to go to our youngest member of this episode, Luke. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Luke's a tad younger than me. Only, only, sorry, <laughs> only, yeah. only, only a little bit. Yeah, weeks. Yeah. Weeks. yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm not a huge, huge Marvel fan, but I've seen most of the movies. One of the best movies I've ever seen in theaters. 
because oh. I just couldn't take my eyes off of the screen the entire movie. And I thought about it even when I got out of the movie theater. I'm like, I don't remember just like looking away or being bored. It had me glued the entire movie. Yeah. Wow. That's, that, again, high praise. It's, your reactions so far are, are very much of the, what I refer to as the Craig Lucas school of thought. Um, <laughs> except the thing is, is that I know how you both... Um, you know, are about films. I know how Craig is about films and, and Craig's best film he's ever seen is the last film he's ever seen. Um, coming from people other than Craig, that's big praise. Um, so with that said, Mr. D. Okay. Um, also, you know, I, I like the Marvel movies, but I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. I don't like every Marvel movie. Um, and this is a long movie, but, but I, I did really enjoy it. I, I did think it was... It was, I mean, I seen the trailer and I thought it can only disappoint, you know, mm -hmm. I really did think that going into it, but it, but it didn't. So that is pretty high praise. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but considering how long it was, it was really good. And, and probably more importantly, Mrs. D, who definitely isn't a Marvel fan, she really enjoyed it and sat through the whole thing. So it must be pretty good. She didn't, she didn't go wandering off. To go and play over the Usually, toys, like usually on do. a movie of that length, there would be at least one dash to the loo. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. Oh, I sprinted during the movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, my friend had already saw it. I'm like, is this a good time? He's like, now would be the best. So I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> well, see, this is, this is the problem, I, I think, sometimes, especially as you kind of, I mean, Luke, listen to the advice of the three wise men you're going to hear from right now. But. As you get a bit older, certainly as you get like sub thirty, um, you do find watching a film when you've had a, like a drink and normally a big drink as well is an absolute killer. Um, I used to be able to watch. You know, if I, was, if I was watching a film, it didn't matter that I need to go to the toilet. I could, you know, be in full control and push that bladder problem away, knowing the film would finish in an hour's time. Now. If there's like five minutes left and I need to go, I, I really start to panic. It's a terrible situation. I have to really think carefully about what I'm, I'm drinking when I go and watch a film now and the size of my drink, more importantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to come for you, mate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. <laughs> now, it's not about the size of the drink. It's what you do with it, mate. <laughs> you, you hang on in there. <laughs> uh, one, one day. One day I might figure it out. One day I might figure it out. Um. So as I said, I've seen it three times now. Um, we saw it at the, pre uh, the, the press nights. We saw it a little bit early. So what was good for from our point of view, I think, um, is that we saw the film before the even like the reviews started really coming out. Um, so we, you know, we didn't have any kind of expectation based on anyone else. It was it was completely fresh at that point. Um, and I then went and saw it Thursday. The day it came out, so I went and saw it Thursday uh, in three D. And then I saw it on Saturday with my wife, um, who, again, is, like, like Mr. D, uh, Mr. D's wife, at least, um, not a massive fan of Marvel films, but she saw the trailer for this and was like, you know what, I think, I'm, I think I'd like to see it. And because of how much I was singing its praises, she's like, okay, let's, let's go and see it. Um, she did think that seeing it, you know, three times that quickly, that I would be quite bored. The only thing... Um, that I did take advantage of watching it on the third, the third uh, time with her is that um, we was getting our car cleaned uh, in the car park and I had to 
we didn't we didn't ask them what time they closed. So I used, and Wyatt will know what bit I'm talking about. I used the preview footage that we saw as my nice. time to leave. That's a, that's part of the best bit, though. Yeah, it is, but you've got to remember. By the third time we yeah, I've sat yeah, through the yeah, film, so. I've watched that twenty minutes four times. Yeah. So if there was a bit I was going to skip, it was that bit, you know. Personally, um, if there was a bit that I'd skip, it would be Vision and Scarlet Witch when you first see him. Interesting. Interesting. I say don't take Scarlet Witch off that screen. <laughs> oh well, yeah. we, we know where Legion's <laughs> lies. I like it. I like it. Um, but then you would miss the stereotypical Scottish joke. The visual Scottish joke. Did anybody spot that in the uh, Edinburgh scene? It, yeah, it, it, is that the old uh, uh, doing the Mars bars? It, yeah, uh, the, uh, the battered Mars bars. Yeah, it was the yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the one. I clocked on that as well. I did clock on that as well. <laughs> um, so I've seen it three times. Um, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the best film I've seen in, in a in a cinema. It's definitely up there. Um, what is? I still think um, the first time I saw The Force Awakens was. And I think the reason why, I think the reason why more than anything else is because I, Star Wars was the first film I really fell in love with when I was a kid, like the first Star Wars. And I sat through that, that, uh, the new trilogy of Star Wars films, really gritting my teeth, knowing they weren't very good, but it was new Star Wars and therefore I'd have to just enjoy it. Um, and so I was, I had that taint in my mouth of a new Star Wars film. And I was getting really excited because the trailers looked great for it and, and, and everything like that. But there was this thing in the back of my mind that was like, this is not going to be as good as you hope it would be. And it was, it, it exceeded my expectations. Um, now I know people are a bit harsh on that film now and that's fine as well. Um, but as a natural experience, I, I've never come out of a cinema feeling so elated. And the one thing, um, so we've, we've talked about how we feel about the film, but what I want to talk about next is going the other end. Now, again, when we saw it at the press screening, it got a standing ovation when the credits came up. I stood up and clapped. Did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never, you never stood up and clapped. I did. I did. I started clapping. You absolutely never stood up and clapped. I did. I started clapping and I stood I'm up. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I was sat next to you the whole time. No was, point. But see, the thing is, so it got a but. Unlike, you know, when you hear a film like it can get like a, like a 10 minute ovation. It got about a 45 second to about a minute round of applause. And then hush silence where everyone was just shell-shocked by what we'd seen. And wow. we barely said anything, did we? I think we said a few things, but we were, it was very few and far between until probably about halfway through the crates, and then we started to talk a little bit more. But we were both just kind of sat there so shell-shocked, and everyone else was doing the same. You, you heard like a few people kind of muttering to the person next to them, about about something but that was it like everyone was kind of just so shocked by how that film had ended that um it you know it it, it, it had this weird atmosphere about it now i'm going to go and ask luke this now because i've been to see films in america um so what was the reaction like when the film finished for you 
Um, I went on, I think, the day after. I think on Saturday I went. Okay. Um, nobody really did anything. I know Everybody in the theater was just kind of like, what, what, what? That's all you heard in the theater, really. Everyone was just shocked. Because normally, like, when I've gone to see like, films in America, most films, even um, pretty crap films, like I'm seeing Red uh, at the cinema, if anyone remembers that film, um, gets a round of applause or gets people kind of going, yeah, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Force Awakens, I did have a, the whole crowd was standing ovation. I went opening night for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that was standing that ovation. for me, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I know American audiences are normally a bit more uh, animated. And actually, the third time I saw uh, Avengers, um, there was a bloke right at the front of the cinema as the credits came up and went, What? <laughs> yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, he, was, he looked like fun. He looked like fun. Uh, Mr. D, what was it like um, for you? Was there any kind of um, atmosphere at the end of the film or did it just feel quite normal? Um, it, there was no standard ovation or round of applause, um, but people were talking, so... It, more than a normal film. I mean, everybody chats at the end of the film, but as soon as it finished, there was a lot of buzz. You know, a lot of people were saying, what the hell happened there? And what does this mean? And what's going to happen next? But one thing I was amazed at is how few people actually stayed for the little scene at the end. Mm-hmm. N- knowing that it's a Marvel movie, you know, probably yeah. only, I don't know, 20%, 10% of the cinema stayed for the, wow. for the end scene. Yeah, that was the same for my theatre too. Mm. Now, what day did you see it, Mr. Day? Was it Saturday? Uh, it was Friday, wasn't it? Friday. It was Friday, yeah. See, now, on Saturday, I stayed and watched the end credits scene because it was my wife's first time watching it. Mm. But when I saw it on Thursday, as soon as uh, it went to black, I picked my bag and car up and walked. I didn't yeah. think someone might try and stop me. Um, but I'd already seen the end credits scene, so I, you know, there was no point, you know, I felt there was no point for me to stay to the end. Um, but, um, you know, I do wonder, like, by Saturday, maybe, um, you were watching it with people that may have been seeing it again, which is why there were walkouts, but for, for it to happen to Luke on Friday, um, you know, you'd, you'd imagine most of those people probably seen it for the first time, as it had only been showing, I think, did it start previews on Thursday night? I think so. I think. So this was Friday, I saw it. was only, only the second or third night. Yeah, so, so the, the thing yeah. is, that doesn't make any sense. At least, at least yeah. with Luke seen it on like the Saturday or whatever, that um, mm-hmm. it had been out a, a couple of yeah. days. But, yeah, yeah that's... I, I, I actually had that, because I did, um, obviously I did the press screen review and then I did the midnight screen in Wednesday night into Thursday yes. morning. Yes. And so I, I wasn't going to hang about because I knew what time the bus was. I didn't want to miss that. Um, but as I'm walking out, there's about, I'd say, 10 people behind me. I turned around to them, I said, like, guys, there is an end scene, and it's worth waiting, like, 15 minutes to see it sort of thing. Like, it's fairly big. Yeah. And, like, most of them did actually take the advice and hang about and watch it sort of thing. I think I bullied them into it somewhat, but um, they did hang back and watch it. I'm thinking, why leave? Like, you've just sat through two and a half hours. Where do you need to be that can't wait 15 minutes? Certainly at, what, half three in the morning. Where you got to be? Like, just wait. The loo. <laughs> well, there yeah. is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <There> is that. <laughs> Other than that. Um, yeah, yeah it's... Actually, you enough time to get to loo and get back and see the NC. Yeah, that's, yeah, true. That's that. skillful. Oh, it, yeah. it was long credits. It was long credits as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like Lindsay was like watching this going like, God, how many people were involved in this movie? I was like, yeah, a lot. I mean, my favourite part of the of the credits was the fact that um, when... I love that we have a favourite part of the credits, by the way. Do we, do, does everyone well, have a favourite part of the credits? My favourite <laughs> part was when it, it the soundtrack came up and two songs was yeah. listed and one of those was the Black Panther theme. <laughs> I was just about to say that, I swear. <laughs> the two songs, my, my friend and I were both like, really? Two songs in this entire film? Uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I... What what you do? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just, just, like, shocked me that... I mean, the thing is, there was quite a lot of music in the film, but obviously it must have been, like, just instrumental stuff, so... Yeah, like um, action music... Yeah, exactly. It, it is that the score is different to the soundtrack because they don't have to list the score. Um, but yeah, for the soundtrack, they do have to list the songs. Even if someone is singing a song, they'll then reference that in the soundtrack. Yeah. No banter for that. No banter for that. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I didn't want to say. Yeah. yeah I, was just... I didn't know that. I was trying to multitask as well. Um... We've got someone else trying to get on, so we'll try and get them on in a second. Um, so, what I wanted to then ask was, uh, where do we start? Do we, do we start at the beginning? Do, how much detail do you think we should go into? You know what? Before before going to the movie, because it's been mentioned a couple of times, I want to talk about the trailer. Because, as you know, I don't watch the trailer. If I'm going to watch a movie, I don't watch the trailer, because I don't want to see what happens in the movie I'm about to watch. But I went back and watched the trailer after watching it the first time. And I was amazed. Um, so I remember seeing the trailer, what, back in the Super Bowl when they released the first one? I think it was even before that. And I was amazed by how, just how much was in the trailer that wasn't actually in the movie. And it seems that it's a new sort of studio technique that movies are doing nowadays to give you enough to whet the appetite. But then when you get to the movie, it ain't even in there. It, it, it's quite funny you bring it up actually because um actually hang on we're gonna try and bring someone else in let me see if i can add him in uh this is what happens when you try multitask as a bloke doesn't work very well um so i was speaking to um lewis sutton who uh for those that don't know is uh from uh disney under um, big, big, massive Marvel fan. In fact, he was um, doing a, a series of shows, which we're going to get the idea for next year, um, reviewing every Marvel film leading up to Infinity War. It was really, really good. Um, he couldn't be on here tonight because it is currently 4am where he is, because he's in Australia. Ooh. So um, it was a little bit early for him to come on, but he did want me to talk, or what he was going to talk about was the trailers being so, so different to the, the end product. Um, yeah, well, guess what, Lewis? I brought it up first, so there you go, pal. What is it about people with the letter L in front of their name that <laughs> offends you so much? Um, now, hang on, before we talk about any, trailers, any I believe that we do have a guest from another podcast that has now Ooh. entered the gladiatorial arena. Ryan, <laughs> are you there? I'm here, yeah. Ah, Ryan from the theme park trader... Uh, has come on uh, and joined this colossal podcast. It's not really colossal. There's only like five of us on there. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Ryan, very much for coming on. Um, 
we're just about to talk about the trailers for Infinity War and how they differ from the film. But to bring you up to speed, we've talked about how we felt about the film. And I've got, I know you went to see it. I don't yeah. really know how you felt about the film. So, um, you know, your thoughts on Infinity War, please. I, I loved it. Uh, I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge Marvel fan myself. I, I thought it was brilliant. I, there's a few things, like a few issues I had with the film overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of them being just how many times you, you're about... Oh, I should ask, is this spoilers, right? Are we oh, spoilers? yeah, no, it's absolute spoilers. Absolute spoilers okay, yeah. fine. Uh, just just the sheer amount of times that a hero is about to die and then somebody else turns up. That that for me was was a bit like oh like the fourth time I was a bit like come on, it, I mean it's very comic booky though, you know I think it is it is I know what you mean but I think had this been a different kind of genre of film, I, I'd say it's probably got more credence but I think because of the sheer nature of what you know comic book films by their nature are, it's probably excusable but I know what you mean and I've I've got a few issues myself so we'll come to those a, a bit later on in more detail but. Um, Whitey, you were going to talk to us about the trailers a little bit more. Um, and I've, I've certainly noticed differences. And you hadn't, and I don't know if anyone else had avoided this, but you'd actually gone, seen the film for the first time without seeing the trailers. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a very good spoiler. Yeah, I, I'd, seen, I'd seen the, uh, the so-called uh, spoiler-free trailer, the first trailer they released, I'd yes. seen that one, and I was yes. quite critical of it because I felt it gave away like too much. In in it, sorry, it was a teaser trailer. Uh, I felt they gave away too much in that. But Didn't then we do like a forty-five-minute podcast back, about it. Yeah, how? <laughs> um, but yeah, watch it back, and there's so much in that that's not in the movie, and I love that they do this now. Mm. It almost it teases me into watching the trailer to then see if it is in the movie. But then I feel like it then might spoil the movie if it is in the movie. So I'm just going to avoid it still. I can't handle it. So what... Because there's a few things that have really stuck out for me watching those trailers again. Um, yeah. What are some of the bits that you think really stand out that didn't actually make the, the final cut? I mean, the main one is because uh, it's the GIF um, that's doing around online, of course... It's where you see Hulk running with the Avengers in Wakanda. Yes. He's in the background, Falcons flying up high. And you don't see Hulk in the movie other than the pre-opening scene. Um, so that was like whether they've digitally put him in or they've shot... It feels like they've shot that particular moment just for the trailer. Yeah, I, I, I think I think there might be an element of truth to that. Um now, what's interesting, and, and Lewis had mentioned this, but it, it was something I'd seen yesterday, was that um, there was, I think it's still coming out, there's a pop vinyl figure, you know, like the Funko Pops that they do. They've yeah. got a Funko Pop, which is the Hulk Buster, but the Hulk is bursting out of the Hulk Buster. Okay, that's cool. So, like, literally, it's, it looks a bit destroyed, and, you, you know, he's obviously, like, coming through it. Now, there's obviously a bit in, in the film where he's in the Hulkbuster trying to get the Hulk out, and it doesn't happen. Um, now, what is interesting with these, these kind of toys being made is they normally make their toys based on the scripts that they're given. Mm. 
So it'd be very odd. You know, I think it's very strange that Marvel would go to the lengths of giving Funko a script that had that scene in it with that actually happening in the film and it didn't happen. So I wonder why they changed that. And I reckon that must have been quite a late change. Um, do, you, do you think it could be like I, Marvel really going to the extremes to try and keep cards to their chest on this one? Well, there is that. There is that argument as well. But with the toy companies, they normally have to be quite specific because obviously, yeah. you know, if a character, for example, if they, if they had made Hulk figures and the Hulk didn't appear in the film at all, they wouldn't sell those figures. Like those figures would just sit on the shelves. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they, with toy companies, they're normally a little bit more, um, I mean, they have to sell, sign all these like NDAs and stuff like that, but, um, toy companies are normally quite honest with, it's normally everyone else that they're not. But in this instance, it does appear that it's either a change because of budgetary or time, um, or, they just never planned it in the first place, and they just gave him a red herring, like you say, just in case something slipped out. So, yeah, because I think you know, I don't know about you, but if if I if I see a pop Funko with Hulk busting out of the Hulk Buster, I'm probably still going to buy it, regardless of whether yeah. that scene was in the movie. Well, yeah, I mean there is that, and I think I think I said to you, Whitey, that there was a Lego because obviously Lego sets normally the first kind of toys that come out with a film they're the worst for spoilers aren't they absolutely and one <laughs> and one exact example of that is the the hulkbusters playset that they've made um came with a figure of bruce banner yeah so there was no tony stark in that set so it was very obvious bearing in mind you could see all the other characters you know not in in the hulkbuster suit but on the box um that it was going to be bruce banner inside the hulkbuster um, yeah. It was yeah. uh, again. I saw in the trailer it was hinted again, um, and I guess I just never noticed it because it was like a, a freeze frame moment, then moved away. But there was a moment where Bruce Banner's standing next to Hulkbuster's arm, like Hulkbuster's broken arm, and you can just about see Black Widow in the foreground that he's talking to, and it skips to the next moment. Mm. So it was kind of it was almost hinted at in the trailer again in the scene that wasn't then in the movie. Yeah. I, I do think that there is an argument that they have filmed stuff specifically for the trailer. Because the yeah. most obvious moment for me, I don't know why this one stood out so much, because it wasn't really that important either. But the scene in the film when Peter Parker introduced himself to Doctor Strange, mm. as Peter Parker, and he says, Oh, I, I'm, I'm Doctor Strange. And he's like, Oh, right, superhero names, then I'm Spider Man. <laughs> that bit in the trailer is a completely different shot than what's in the film. Like, it, it looks like a different location completely. Yeah, it, uh, unless I'm wrong, is there a bit in the trailer where Thanos kind of steps out of that um, portal and it kind of looks like he's in New York when, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like in the trailer he, he was more in like a city setting and then in the actual film, obviously, he's, he's not at all. He's either on Titan or um, Wakanda. I'm going to have to go over to Whitey for that one. I'll be honest, I think I've only seen that trailer once. I've, I've seen the uh, teaser one, but I've only seen that trailer once. I can't remember that scene, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, I could be talking complete bollocks, but... Uh, well, it's, it's a, it, a it, feature of this honest, podcast. It does sound familiar. <laughs> I'm sure there was, a, there was a few moments when I was watching the film where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I think, as you said, the biggest one is certainly the fact that the Hulk is in that in that scene. Um, but I love it. I think it's so good, like you say. The, and, and the thing is, like, me and White are both, and Mr. D, um, are Cineworld card holders. So we have to watch a lot of trailers. And especially yeah. with things like comedies, like, there's almost no point going to see a comedy if you've seen the trailer because all the funny bits are in the trailer. It just ruins the film afterwards. So, um, you know, the problem has been of late that a lot of films... Star Wars have been quite good with it as well. You know, I mean, if you think back to, like, the Rogue One trailers... Well, they had to reshoot half of that. Well, okay, so there there was a reason for that. (laughs) But the point still stands. Um, It does, no, and I agree with you. I much prefer them doing it this way, especially with the big movies like Star Wars and the Marvel pictures. Yeah, because then that stuff is is kind of unique and you don't feel that when you when you're watching the film that that's then kind of spoiled for you i've sat i've seen this bit already um i mean let's be honest they were lucky that the the peter parker doctor strange thing was as funny as it was i've seen it three you know three times in the film and laughed every time um you know they were quite lucky that you know that was one of those shots in the film that didn't seem to to get kind of annoying or tiring when you actually saw it event you know in a finished film um but I think it's something I'd like to, to see more often. Um, and I was talking to... I was, I was engaged in a Twitter conversation the other day um, about... I think, I think someone was talking about the fact that they, you know, they really want to see a trailer for the new Avengers film now. And I said, to be honest, I would go and, I'd book my ticket to see Avengers for now without seeing any trailers. I don't oh, feel the need... Yeah. like. Sometimes you do need it. And let's be honest, like, it has had a massive opening. And I'm still waiting for the final figures. It could go up to 260. Uh, 260 million is what they're saying. Um, But it's had an amazing weekend, opening weekend. And you have to say that a lot of that is down for two reasons. One, the fact that they made the trailer look so bloody good. I said, like, even my wife, who can give or take Marvel films... Um, was like, I think I need to go and see this film. And I think the second stroke of genius they've done is the whole um, Thanos uh, wants your silence. Yeah, um, that is very. That was a very clever campaign. It, it, it's been phenomenal. And we talked about it. Um, a lot of people won't have listened to Universal Last Dark yet because only, we only finished recording it about 22 hours ago. Um, but we talked about it a bit on there that What's been interesting with this film is that, for the most part, people have been very good about keeping the the secrets uh, away and, and not spoiling too much. There are people that have, you know, I'm not saying no one hasn't, but um, the majority of people have been quite respectful. And so people are talking about this film in a way that I've never really seen because people are like, oh, if you've seen it, you know... Let, you free for a call or, you know, join this WhatsApp group and we'll start chatting about it or I'll message you on Facebook. They're, they're having these conversations, talking about this film privately. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, because I work in like an office of, I don't know, 60, 70 people. And today, obviously, it's been opening weekend, went in after the weekend. And there's a few people going like, they go, yeah, yeah, it's And then people around us haven't. So it kind of go off somewhere else to have a chat about it because there is that very much that sense of you don't want to spoil it for other people because it's just i think so unexpected in certain places yeah yeah well i mean let, let's talk a little bit into the into the film so me and y2 went to see um 
a preview event for the Avengers. We saw like the media launch, didn't we? I, I don't think it? you've mentioned that enough times, by the Have way. Have I not? Should I mention it some more? <laughs> I mentioned it again in 20 minutes. Um, yeah. But we, you know, we sat there for a Q&A with um, you know, some of the actors and actresses from the film, um, and then they showed us 20 minutes of the film. Now, we knew, mainly because they told us, that we weren't seeing the first 20 minutes of the film because they had to start at a specific point as to not, again, to keep the secrets in there, so not to spoil the film. So our 20 minutes of film started um, when uh, Tony Stark was brought into Doctor Strange's, uh, you know, apartment or, you know, whatever you want to call his place in New York, um, and ended when Thor left the Guardians. So that whole sequence in between that that bit, we saw quite a lot of the film, uh, you know, of that opening bit, but... Um, we obviously didn't see the first part, which is when uh, Thanos gets the first Infinity Stone. And from that first, you know, when you see the whole film, when you see that first sequence with him on, I suppose, what you could kind of call Asgard, because they were referring to it as Asgard, um, on the spaceship that, that Thor and the rest of the Asgardians were on, um, from that moment on, you knew this film was going to be a, a bit brutal. When it starts off, killing a character that's been in the films for a long time and one of the fan favourite characters as well in the opening sequences of the film you know oh, yeah. this is going to be yeah. a bit of a downer film it was intense like uh, my girlfriend was next to me crying yeah, it was it, Loki's a very a very much a favourite character um, within our yeah. house and, and that it, death that death was like um it was like brutal too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't just a normal like, oh, they're dead. It was like, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, and I think as well, going back to the trailers, like you see Loki in in the trailers for this. You know, Loki is a fan favorite character, so there was no way he was going to be killed off in the first, you know, five ten minutes of that film. No, way. no, no. See, I assumed he was going to die. Yeah, but I didn't think it was going to be. First ten minutes, no way. I, I, my feeling watching the trailers was that he was going to do his usual kind of uh, thing of siding with the villain, just to yeah. kind of go against his brother. Although he'd obviously in in Thor Ragnarok um, been a bit more uh, at, at the side of his brother, there was still that side of Loki where he was still mischievous. So. Um, you know, you, you had that kind of feeling. So there was no way I, I thought... It, it, to be honest, it was only when he drew the weapon and I thought, oh, shit, this is not yeah. going to end well. Yeah. Before that point, I thought, we're going to get traditional Loki, he's going to go off, help Thanos, um, he'll fight Thor, or he'll fight some of the Avengers and he'll, he'll get killed in the, in the battle or whatever. Um, but that, that was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. I think it was important as well that they, sh- that they proved to you that he was dead. I know The Walking Dead had to do this with one of their main characters, where if someone dies previously, then when they come back from the dead, you're like, oh, man, now they're going again. And then they really had to go out of their way to prove to you, no, he really is dead this time. Um, so the last like camera look of him and he's there with all the life drained out of him, you're like, yeah, he is dead this time. Um, so he made a good point of doing that but I think that opening scene uh, like the movie in a way was all about Thanos um, because when you see a bad guy any bad guy in any movie it seems you get hints of why they're a bad guy 
you find out what their evil plan is, but you never really see them in action until the final part of the movie. Mm. Um, and then they, they duke it out with the good guys and the bad guy loses. Here, we've got the big bad guy fighting the strongest Avenger. And I think they made a point in For Ragnarok to prove that he was, uh, and to call him the strongest Avenger for this opening scene. You've got the big bad guy fighting the strongest Avenger, and he's playing with him. He's duking out some manoeuvres that Floyd Mayweather will be proud of. Um, (laughs) And he was totally owning the Hulk. So you've got this bad guy who's on a mission who can take down with ease the strongest Avenger. He is a definite threat in the opening scene. I think the opening scene was great, but at the same time, it's also one of the problems I have with the film. So um, I agree with you completely, 100%. Like, it's really refreshing to see uh, a Marvel villain come in from the start and I don't want to say just kill a character that we love, but in the same way, kill a character that we care about so we can actually see he's not just killing some character we've never met before, okay, only serious comic book readers even know who the character is. He's actually really serious about what he's doing. And I think they even mentioned the fact that he's just destroyed the entire planet of Kree in collecting one of the stones already. They did, yep. yep. Um, but the, the issue I have with it was how little... Well, I guess how much with ease he beat Hulk. And I'm hoping that the next Avengers film is going to address that because there's that whole relationship going on. Obviously, in the comic books, Hulk is one of the only um, characters that can take Thanos on. So I thought it was quite interesting how quickly he was able to be defeated. Because in theory, he should be getting more and more angry. The angrier he gets, the, the more powerful he gets. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't seem to take that on for some reason. I think that's, that could be, and again, it's speculation at this point, but I think maybe that also leads from what we saw in, in Ragnarok, where um, the relationship between Bruce Banner and the Hulk it has evolved. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's, it's much more complex than it, it had been previously. You know, before he got mad, he turned into the Hulk. Now, you know, there's a real struggle there to get the Hulk to, to play along with what he wants to do. Um, and Banner's obviously, you know, not a. We talked about this on when we did our kind of like review afterwards because I found Banner to be quite divery. But that's what he's like. He he, you know, isn't a, a fighter. He's not really a hero. He has this ability to become something that can do this stuff, but in himself, he's not really that kind of person. And so, um, you know, I think that that's possibly why that happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think had they decided in that opening sequence to kill Hawkeye um, or somebody of that kind, a war machine, I don't think it would have had that impact. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it was, it we hardly ever see War Machine, do we? Well, yeah, because he's boring. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't, like, Loki is um, a, a massive fan favourite character. Uh, yeah. And so I think they, that's the emotional thing. Like, you know, poor Idris Elba. You know, he's been in, in, you know, a lot of the Marvel films as well, but no one was that bothered if he died. You know, <laughs> he wasn't so? that integral, was he? He, yeah, he, it, racist. It, it, no, it was funny because at the end of the film, um, my girlfriend was like, "Who did Idris Elba play?" And I'm like, ah, "You serious?" <laughs> he, he was Falcon, obviously, <laughs> clearly Falcon. Um, so then we, you know, we we we, we go on from that. Hulk is is so 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 with that because I think there was a couple of characters missing from the movie as well. Yes. that we didn't get to see. 
And I think they covered it with what the four said later on in the movie, in that he said the um, half of the planet was slaughtered. Um, so it is my theory that half of the people were able to get away, whether it was Idris Elba who was able to, you know, cast them uh, to some other planet, or they used one of the pods to escape, and the people left behind were the ones defending their escape, um, because we didn't see Valkyrie, and we didn't see, to a much bigger extent, Korg. Um, so I believe that they were the ones to lead uh, the rest of his people away to safety. Hang on, are you, are you literally doing this because you think Moshe might listen to this episode? Is that yes. why you brought up Korg? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> he's got. He's got. Wise has got a friend who is absolutely obsessed with Korg. Like we all love Korg. Everyone should love Korg. But <laughs> this guy's got a really unhealthy obsession with him. Um... <laughs> but you're more like a Valkyrie because Valkyrie is badass, and you'd want Valkyrie standing next to you if you're going to fight the biggest threat. So she must have had a purpose elsewhere. Valkyrie and and Ryan, it sounds like you got a bit more knowledge on the comics. But my understanding is Valkyrie in general is actually quite an integral character in in the thor world yeah yeah 100 percent. i don't think either of those characters are dead um i think i think you're absolutely right i think they they were on another ship and they've gone off somewhere else um i think unless we see them die i think we can assume they're probably still alive unless they didn't expect them to be um so loved by the fans and they just didn't really care i'm I, the thing is there is an argument for that but between Thor Ragnarok coming out and what would have been a at best a couple of days of reshoots, I'm sure they would yeah, have done so true. if they really need to. I I think it's it's that they make a point of saying that half the people died, half the people survived. Um, I fully expect to see both of those people in the next film. So yeah, I reckon so. Um, so we go to we, the Hulk gets sent to Earth. We see Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Um, nice for Gwyneth Paltrow shot for a payday for 30 seconds. Thank, <laughs> thanks for that. Now you can go and sell some um, steaming your vagina products or whatever else you do normally on Goop. Um, and then we meet... Oh, well, that's what she does. That's the truth. Uh, don't don't look on Goop, by the way. You'll, you'll get sucked in, I'm sure. Um, you get Tony Stark and, and Doctor Strange meeting for the first time, um, which was even better than I expected it to be. I'd only recently just seen Dot Strange for the first time, um, but that meeting between Strange and, and Stark was was quite special. I thought. Oh, it was. It was brilliant. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but do we talk about the like the weird little thing that they reference um, where they're talking right at the start um, about having a baby? Is, is that a little nod to what could be happening in the future? Um, are we going to go down the kind of Tony Stark's son turning into Iron Man route that we've seen in certain comic books? I don't know. Um, it's a weird uh, reference, I think. Yeah. They just kind of threw it in, didn't they? There was, there was a reference to the name as well. Like The name uh, that he had for the kid was a reference to something quite niche as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, you do have to wonder with these things what the, the end game is, if that's what yeah. we're going to do. Um, I'd like to think it isn't, but who knows? You could you could well be right. Um, I would love to see an Avenger version of Muppet Babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could happen. If if the uh, Muppet Babies recent series really takes off, you never know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. 
Avenger <laughs> babies will save the world for you. Um, uh, this is not that free. Drums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who could be um, who could be the comedian? That's an interesting one. Um, but we we meet Stark um, and, and not Stranger the first time. Um, they're obviously there with Banner, who informs them that Thanos is coming. Um, Stark plays dumb, doesn't know who Thanos is. Um, has he never read a comic? Yeah. Surely he must have an idea. He didn't wait for the end credit scene for Avengers Assemble. Ah, what a dick. I mean, but surely, as, as someone that almost died in a nuclear explosion caused by someone outside of Loki, you would have done some research in those five, six years. You know? I, I don't know. Would you it not? would have been better than due date. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen, yeah. That, that's that's not a good film. I was going to say something really really derogatory, but I, I, I'll, I'll save myself. Um, but we then end up with uh, you know, Dot Strange informing Tony about the the stones, the importance of them, uh, and, and the stone that he has. Um, your your favourite character as well is there? Why too? Wong character you like to refer to as Wang? Ooh, like you call him Wang, I call him Wong. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> How you went and called him Wang? Wong, you gotta love Wong. You're invited to my wedding, Wong. Come on, everyone loves Wong. Terrible oh, line. He's a great character. Terrible line, by the way. Like I don't, I don't even think, I don't even think Stark was introduced to him by name. No. And yeah, he's like, you can come to my wedding, Wong. Well, well hang, on. <laughs> hang on. He had about five lines, didn't he? I think. Maybe he was. Was he the one to explain about the Infinity Stones? I think he might have been. Yeah. And then that was yeah. it. And, and then we didn't see him. He did, yeah. He also put his order in for tuna melt. <laughs> yeah, that's he did say he'd really like a tuna melt, it's true. <laughs> um, so we've got that. Oh, hang on. Someone else is trying to get into this call now. It's oh, hello. There's someone at the door. Yes. <laughs> I've just got a terrible flashback to, uh, to Justin's house with you saying that. Oh, man. I was thinking more Jeff Astor for Fantasy Football League. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> Oh, and well, here it comes, oh, representing, representing the Strike Hello? podcast, Craig <laughs> Lucas is here. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Craig. <laughs> How are you? Uh, Craig, are you cycling by any chance? I certainly am. I've got a balaclava on, though, to win resistance, so this <laughs> might be the best I've ever sounded on a podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably the no. soberest you've ever sounded on a podcast, to be fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Good point, well made, Nicola. <laughs> More than welcome. Is sir. it compulsory to wear a balaclava in Liverpool? Is that fucking there? Came by jelly. You know what? This, this right here, like everyone was getting excited about Avengers versus Thanos, but really the, the main battle here, as far as I'm concerned, is why two meeting Craig for the first time. This is where Best worlds collide. That's no battle, mate. That's a fucking love. That's a love <laughs> fest, mate. That's a love fest. I'm going to stick a piece of me inside the piece of him. <laughs> I mean, like a minute, a minute into the call uh, of Craig being on his show, and already the tone has been lowered, lowered. It's been all night. I don't even think we made it to a minute. No, no, you, you're right. I wasn't. Tired. What are we talking about anyway? Uh, we are now. T- it- we're talking about a segment of the film where. Uh, Tony it's Stark basically the start out. of the movie. We're an hour in and we're at the start of the movie. We're not going to talk about Walking every forward. single thing about the film, right? But yes, we are in the beginning of the movie. We so, just talked about one having a tune and melt the 
It's a highlight of the film. Come on. <laughs> it's the guy likes a tuna. Oh. Who doesn't like a tuna melt? Well, Me. vegans. I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to mention any B. names off the strike podcast, right? But one of the team of the strike podcast are disappointed because two jokes weren't made in the in the film. It's the greatest film ever made in the history of films. And there's two jokes in his head that he didn't put on screen. Well, I... So he's disappointed, in it? Right, so, so do you know what these jokes are? No! <laughs> so, there's like five people here. With, this is a good audience to see if a joke works or not. I don't know what they are. Uh, it just fucking baffles me. It's the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Now, just to point out what I said earlier on in this podcast, <laughs> which is that, you know, this is the last film that Craig has seen, and so therefore that is why it is the greatest film of all time for Craig. Um, but it is, but admittedly, Craig, you are on a podcast now with people that generally think if it's not one of the greatest films of all time, it is certainly up there for a lot of people. So you're in good company, is what I'm saying. Oh, it is the greatest film I've ever seen. And um, the critics all agree. The box office all agrees. So I'm actually right for once. Matt Matt (laughs) Coon doesn't agree. I'll make him right. I'll tell you what, though. It it would be nice to see a superhero movie finally pick up some kind of award, wouldn't it? Who's that? That's that's Ryan from Theme Park Trader. You know who it is. Come on. I'm crashing the party tonight. Oh, I'm on this bike, right? I'm smashing you, lad. You're one lazy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I'm too busy recording podcasts. But I love you anyway. Story, story of my life. Um, so we we then get the first. Craig <laughs> shit. We now get to the point where we get to see our first kind of battle sequence. So two of the children of Thanos come down to take the time stone. Thanos, Thanos is not basically... <laughs> Thanos is not doing his own dirty work. He can't be everywhere at once. So he sends Squidward. And I don't know who... The, do, do, do we get a name for the other guy? The big guy? Uh, they do have names, but... I don't remember any of them. Let's, all right, so um, so we've got Squidworth and we've got George, right? Um, and George <laughs> has got a big <laughs> thing or something or other. I don't know. Um, and, and this is where you see just how strong the children of Thanos actually are because Iron Man, let's be honest, um, normally puts up a good fight. But he's getting absolutely owned by these two guys. Absolutely owned. Uh, and even Doctor Strange, who has some really good powers, he's actually really struggling with them as well. Um, um, I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't get any of that. Nah, we're all losing it. Craig's traffic noises are uh, <laughs> oh. oh. Is that me, is it? Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, what I was saying was... It was one of the most beautiful things Nick's ever said as well, and I was... <laughs> 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 it was eloquent. I was crying. There was interpretive <laughs> dance. It was beautiful. Um, but I was. <laughs> well, I am. Technically, I am. Um, but no. So, so like Doctor Strange is getting his ass handed to him. Iron Man's getting his ass handed to him. Peter Parker comes and saves the day. Well, he tries to save the day. 
And Bruce Banner, and this is where you see the first instance of Bruce Banner having that struggle with the Hulk. We've already seen the, 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 the Hulk fighting Thanos. But now back on Earth, he cannot get the Hulk to work. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. So oh, massive problem. I think so. Squidward is, I think, called Ebony Moore, and um, the, uh, Black Dwarf is the giant. Ebony, 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 what? Ebony Moore. Like seriously, I think I think I had a dance like meet in a strippers club once. Is it, I mean, yeah, the, the, some of the names are a bit ridiculous, aren't they? Hmm. No wonder he called him Squidward. Um, <laughs> So, um, Doctor Strange gets captured. Um, Peter Parker gets sucked up into space um, in, in a scene reminiscent of early X-Files. Um, and we find... But, so, 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 by the way, by the way, because uh, I know that there was a bit in the uh, special effects when the movie you didn't like, but um, I talked it the first time and I can't stop seeing it. The moment when Bruce Banner gets thrown into the park, and uh, he has to fall over underneath the tree. Is possibly the worst piece of falling over acting I've ever seen. Really? It was, I don't know how many takes they did of him falling over, but they must have just had enough and thought he's not getting it. Sod your mother, Buffalo. That's making the final cut. It was awful falling over. I've got to look out for that now. Yeah, check it out. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to see how bad that is. It's so, it's so bad. It's... I'm going to watch it again this weekend, I think. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. I'm going to keep an eye out. It, it's got to be where, obviously, the tree's not there in CGI, and just certain Bruce fall over, and he just goes, ah! <laughs> Jesus. I can't wait, I can't wait to see it now. Um, right, so this is where we get the introduction to the, the Iron Man spider suit which we co- we alluded to in at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming um, but it, it's obviously at this point very crucial for making sure Peter Parker doesn't die I suppose I love this I, I love this suit I like the Iron Spidey suit Spider-Man is like my favourite comic book series um, I think Tom Holland is a great Spider-Man um, I like this whole section it actually at this point is where I thought um, they were going to use the Time Stone from the trailer, I, I assumed that he was going to die, Spider-Man mm. that is, and that's when they would reverse time to um, bring bring in the Iron Spidey suit. So it's, that's I was completely proved wrong in that in that part, but um, it's good because I like being proved wrong and I like getting surprised with things. I need to stop guessing based on trailers, but <laughs> but it's a cool suit. I, I do think it's a oh, very it's cool suit. <laughs> And I like how they use it it's throughout the, the movie as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely the most stunning Spider-Man suit I've ever seen in my life. Again. I mean, that's, that's a literal. It's the last Spider-Man suit Craig's seen. Just <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. I'd love to see you in it, Craig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it could be the last Spider-Man suit we ever see. Well, he said he had a balaclava on. We didn't know what kind of balaclava hey, was. It's a good point. <laughs> There's loads like of Spidey bike. Well, it's loads of the original Spider-Man costume. Spidey bike. There's loads of yeah. skeletons in Spider-Bike. I'm solving crimes in the West Abbey area. I'm <laughs> as we speak. Me and my bike. You'll be there a while. 
Just yeah. hope there's a web just shooting all over the place. Excuse me, is that cat stuck in a tree, man? <laughs> oh, as if that's a crime in Liverpool. You, we all know that you're stopping people stealing people's wheels off their cars. I'm going to decay Tams now. I'm going to fucking out you, not bad. <laughs> God, fucking K Tams. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, after this bit comes, in my mind, one of the highlights of the film, which is when Thor lands on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, it was always going to be... I thought this bit was going to be really hard because the Guardians of the Galaxy um, films have a really special place in my heart. I, I absolutely love both of them. Um, How many dead people do you need floating in space? All the recent big blockbusters have had dead people floating in space. It's getting boring now. Yeah, I, I really love that sequence in, in uh, Free Billboards outside of Missouri. I thought that really added to the film. I'm talking about... Uh, Princess Leia floating in space with her superpowers. Yep. Okay, one you know. film. Yep. Um, that blue fella, he nearly died in Guardians of the Galaxy floating in space. Yep, okay. And then that's he, did die he, did in the die. No, he did die. That was in the second one. But he did float in the first one a bit as well, I think. Star Lord did. Star Lord did. Star Lord, yeah. yeah. I think it happened in Moana as well. <laughs> Moana, yeah. <laughs> Black Panther, Game Night. Yeah. yeah, all the big... How many times are you going to see it now? What? Loki's not that, though, is he? Oh, stop spoiling it, Craig. We okay. We're not doing spoilers on here. Okay. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but see, things like the Guardians of the Galaxy films, um, I think are really well-directed, really well-written, and what you was going to get was the first time... Have actually been involved in the MCU. You know, the two Guardians of the Galaxy films have been separate entities. Yeah. There's not really been any crossover. So now they were going into that world, and on top of that, um, they were being directed by somebody else. And I thought, how's it going to work? And I thought that whole sequence with Star Lords being threatened by, you know, the God of Thunder was so well done. The comedy from everybody was was on point. I think they introduced the Guardians really well as well. Like you're, you're used to seeing them kind of pissing about on the ship, listening to music, and the way they introduced that, I think, was quite well done. If you hadn't seen the Guardians film, Groot was amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ardy, she's fourteen. She is basically Groot. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's mainly tree. And says three words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like most teenagers actually. Um, I, I, I loved the bit where they're all telling Groot to put the game away, and he just pulls out the "I am Groot," and their reactions, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> He's just like a teenager. Um, but that, I mean, I think what works with that sequence as well is that if anyone hadn't seen the Guardians films, they immediately understood what the characters were like. Yeah. It was a really perfect, very short but perfect reintroduction if you weren't familiar with those characters. And if you were familiar with those characters, it was like a welcome home. Absolutely. I think they, they had, together, they had some of the best scenes in the movie. I think particularly where you've got um, that kind of heartfelt moment with Gamora and Star-Lord, and then you've just got Drax behind them eating crisps. Oh. <laughs> so good. I, I, didn't, that, I didn't see him there. 
I, I, I total, <laughs> total John Cena moment. I just did not see him there. He, you know, I really thought he was invisible. Um, but no, that, that whole bit was great. Uh, Rocket telling Star-Lord that he was one sandwich away from being fat. Um, just really digging into the ego. Just just that whole thing was just magnificent. I want to talk on um, Rabbit. Yeah, Rabbit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I wondered if this scene, if this was, because it seemed to there was two tenuous links to DC uh, characters and DC movies, because uh, Gamora referenced Thor's muscles as I think being chiselled from kryptonite fibres, and right. I don't recall that the kryptonite ever been mentioned. In that. No, it's definitely a DC thing, that. I, I didn't plot that. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Oh, no, I've got to go and see the film again to see if you're right or wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> definitely refer to the script of the Night Fibers. The other one, uh, later on in the movie, where Thanos um, turns stuff into bats and bats are now chasing stuff. Did he just crash? I think, <laughs> I think the spider bike might be no more. <laughs> I think it's just a road that key times. I'll tell you, I've just, uh, just helped myself to a car that he's getting so much. He's such a scouser. Um, <laughs> I will stand by the fact as well that Rocket Raccoon is my favourite MCU character. I, it's a bold choice, but it's, it's, not, it's not unreasonable to assume that. It's, he, he's a strong character you know I, I think the most amazing thing for me about Rocket is the fact that he's voiced by Bradley Cooper yeah it's, it's incredible there, there is no way you, you know if, if you said right who voices that character you, it would take you hours to come up with Bradley Cooper yeah I mean I've still got my fingers crossed for a uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot origin story oh. yeah I'd, I'd have that all day long I'll be honest um, but yeah, I, I thought when you said about there being a reference of DC, I thought you were going to say that Thanos turned around at one point in the film and said that Justice League was overrated shit. But um, clearly, clearly, that reference went over everyone's head. Um, <laughs> we're, we're all thinking it. <laughs> There's a reference in the Deadpool 2 trailer. That is true. That oh, is, yeah, it's yeah, the same act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, so th- that sequence is brilliant. And then we get to one, which I'm going to ask... I'm going to be really racist here, and I'm going to ask Mr. D. Other than the kebab shop, what was this sequence in Scotland like for you? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, to be honest, I, I didn't, I didn't realise at the beginning that it, was, that it was set in Edinburgh. But then I'm a Glasgow boy, so... But does that the line speed of that train. I used, I used to drive a train through uh, Edinburgh Waverley. 20 mile an hour line speed in Edinburgh, boys. That train flew through there. It I did. wasn't happy with that. It did go through. Maybe they, maybe they did it in fast forward, though. No, they didn't, because <laughs> all the characters were walking slow. This film's very rapidly falling apart for you, Craig. It's going to be knocked off that top spot. <laughs> Shit, <no. laughs> Blood, it's bloody fake. It's bloody fake. It's not real at all. Don't you think um, them kebabs that were advertised on the wall, didn't they have them at the end of the first Avengers movie in the, in the little cafe? Well, they did have shawarma, which is a type of kebab. So 
that I mean, on one hand you could say that was a little nod to the end of the Avengers on the other hand they were in Scotland so you know you choose you choose which side of the fence you sit on with that one um, I just have <laughs> I mean the, th- the thing is if, if they just had a can of iron brew they could have kicked Thanos' arse all over the place yeah, yeah, but don't know what they were thinking. They never had that, never had that sugar-free iron brew that they now have, wouldn't yeah. they? So it's not exactly the same. Did um, anybody else wonder how Thanos gets a clean shave? I was kind of struggling with that. I um, see the stubble. I was thinking of that. Yeah, and then I was thinking, yeah. I think he must use emac on his face. I think no, otherwise you just get got, hair in the little groove bits. I think he's chin. got one of those uh, Remel beard trimmer things. Like I've got an eye stubble. And you can like adjust it by the millimeter, and you know it's pretty good. It's pretty good being accurate. So you know maybe uh, he's got like, or, or maybe one of the powers of the Infinity Stones is the ability for a very close shave. Could be. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Thanos. He's got his own team. I mean, that's why they had to get back to him so quickly. He needs that shave. <laughs> <laughs> the children of Thanos are expert shavers. You've heard it, heard it here first. Um, he's got. Yeah, and this, he's got a shave stone. So at this point, um, it's Scarlet Witch. We didn't mention it, but it's Scarlet Witch and it's Division. Um, and they've just had Rumpy Pumpy. Um, or they've been laying in bed together. Let's just assume Rumpy Pumpy. And um, the children of Thanos... I'd, li- I'd like to think that they were doing a bit of Netflix and chill. Can we not just like talk about There is quite a significant age gap between the actors. Um, which doesn't stand out when he looks, at, looks like Vision. But when he looks like Paul Bettany... It does look a bit weird. I, I don't know how old Elizabeth Olsen is supposed to be. Like, uh, sorry, uh, how old Scarlet Witch is supposed to be. Um, well, she, I'm assuming she's quite young because she was like trapped in some jail by the... Um, uh, God, I always forget what, the, what they're called. Hydra, wasn't, wasn't she? She was kind of raised with um, Quicksilver. Yes, yes, she was. So I, she can't be that old. I mean, she's got to be late 20s. Because, I mean, neither of them look particularly... Neither of them look young enough where they could play teenagers. They were certainly... Well, Paul Bettany's like, nearly 50. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Elizabeth Olsen is knocking on 30's door. So... Yeah, she's close, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... You know, if, that, if that's what the age gap is... It's not, it's not terrible. And also, as well, it's what you've got in common. Yeah, you know, I, suppose. I suppose. You know, that's what it comes down to. Stop being so ageist. <laughs> I, love, I love that the problem with a 30-something-old woman shacking up with a robot, the problem is the age gap. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't the fire gap, I suppose. Um, but the, the children of Thanos come to uh, take the Mind Stone out of, uh, of the Vision's head. Um, I will say this, right? For something that's as important as an infinity stone um you know you're kind of showing off a little bit aren't you <laughs> when you've got it in yeah your head. i mean he where a baseball in, cap he could have had it in his pocket you know or hidden it up his ass he didn't need to have it on his forehead it's just very obvious it's there you know um i, I, I think as mel brooks once quoted if you've got it flaunt it I think he did. I think that is one of his more famous lines. So, yeah, I suppose <laughs> there is that element to it as well. Um, but this is the part of the film where, um, to save the day, like Mighty Mouse, don't have Mighty Mouse in the film, but we do have the rogue Avengers uh, in Captain America, Black Widow, and the Falcon. 
Now, I mean, I, I actually did think that this was one of my favourite scenes. I, I don't really like Captain America that much. Um, I was always Team Iron Man. Hmm. But I did, I did really like this scene where, you know, that he kind of, he had time to kind of stand in the shadows a little bit. You know, his friend was about to get killed. And he was just like, no, now's the time to step out. Um, but I did really like the, like the way that whole scene was done. I'll say, like, I've said this on another podcast before about when I went to Universal Studios for the first time and went to uh, Marvel Superhero Island. When I was a little kid, all I wanted to see was like an X-Men film. And then when they made an X-Men film, I was disappointed in the costume choices because they didn't look mm. like the comic books. When you see, when you go to Marvel Superhero Island and you see the Marvel characters there in their 90s X-Men cartoon costumes you realise how stupid they look in real life. (laughs) And my big thing with Captain America is, although the costume itself looks quite cool, the mask always looks a bit geeky. So I actually think that it was good that in this film, and I know it was because he was was trying to show he's not Captain America anymore, although everyone kept calling him Cap, um, is the fact that he wasn't wearing the mask. I think it actually was all the better for it. I think it was a much better look. Yeah, I agree. Um, that, that, that's quite funny though because you're right everyone did keep calling him Cap and he's almost just like I'm not Cap anymore stop calling me that <laughs> it is like me saying and why to attest to this my name's Nick without a K except he comes across much less of a tosser than I do <laughs> so there is that your name's to Nob well. without the K that's fine like a hopnob that's a good biscuit um so, yeah, this, this was one of the coolest scenes for me with Captain America. Again, like you, Ryan, not a massive fan of him. Um, but in all the films, this is one of the sequences where I'm like, yeah, he's pretty badass in this. Black Widow was very good in this sequence as well. Um, now, here's something, though, that did bother me. When me and Whitey talked after seeing it, and I only gave the film, God forbid, 9.9, not 10, because it wasn't perfect. Just couldn't, just couldn't give it a 10, could you? Right. So there was, there was a bit of CGI that bothered me. Now, having watched this film three times, I found another bit of CGI that annoys me even more so because of its laziness. So in this sequence in, in Edinburgh, when you see the Falcon come in for the first time, he flies and he releases three little um, like tracker things or missile things that have got wings as well and they fly off and hit their targets. That's fine. Right, that is what it is. The problem is they use the exact same footage when he does the same thing in Wakanda. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That is the exact same. I've seen it three times. It's the exact same footage, same camera angle. It's just a different background. I mean, can we talk about the worst CGI in the film? Which I don't know if you if you if you were hmm. agreeing with this, but it's Banner in the. Uh... Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster suit. Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> we talked it's about, almost we, as bad as Superman's Tash. We talked about it um, on, on the Pop After Dark we recorded. And I said, when I said that it was a bit of CGI that really bothered me, Whitey said, I think I know what it is. And I went, no, I bet you won't guess. And he turned around and said, Banner in the Hulkbuster costume. Yeah, I, it's just terrible. Like, considering how good Marvel is at CGI, I don't know how they got that so wrong. But, again, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier on with the, uh, the the pop vinyl that was incorrect of the Hulk busting out the Hulk Buster costume. If Maybe it was a late last, change, yeah. If they made that last late minute change, they've had to do that on the cheap or they've had to do yeah. it quickly. Maybe, yeah. And that would explain it. That does not 
by any stretch of imagination make it right, but it at least explains why it looks so shit compared to everything else. Yeah, I mean, that does I, make sense. Honestly, I think him in the suit looks like Avatar compared to him falling over. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see this again. Um, right, so um, they, they found in their effort to get the, the Infinity Stone um, from, from the Vision, but by the way, by the way, with that end scene where they're in the uh, station, and I wasn't quite a fan of when they just fell through the roof of the station and then got up straight away. I was like, come on, at least I sell it a little bit, you know? At least I break a leg, maybe. But at the end, where you've got, like, Black Widow hovering over, like, two of the kids of Thanos, and she's like, eh, we could kill you, but we're not gonna. I was like, well, why don't you? Yeah, like, that... <laughs> They're literally going to go back to Thanos, who is coming to Earth to destroy everything. And, you know, why would you not just, like, stab her in the yeah. neck there? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> what's the wait for? Yeah, it's, it's very true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all in all, I think, it, I think it's a quite, quite a good sequence. So I think it works quite well. Um, now, we could literally break down this film section by section, but that's going to take another five hours. So... Let's not do all that, but um, I think one of the... I will skip forward a little bit, but I think one of the other really good sequences in this film uh, is when we we split up the Guardians. So we have Rocket and Groot go off with Thor, uh, and we have Gamora and Star-Lord and Drax and Mantis go off to try and stop Thanos. Now, as much as I like this sequence on Nowhere, where they kind of go back to where their collector was, and, fact fans... Uh, if you're a fan of Rest Development, it's where you get to see Tobias Funke uh, in his Blue Man get-up in one of the collector's uh, containers. Um, but I've got to say, like, I'm not entirely sure why Gamora, knowing how powerful Thanos was, thought that she could go there with them, with the weapons they had, and were going to take down Thanos. I think she's just, like, really misguided by her like vengeance isn't she but i think yeah i agree it felt a bit off when on on one part you've got three of the team going we need this weapon it's the only thing that can take down thanos and then the rest of the team going oh we're, we're taking down don't worry about it yeah it, it, it seemed a bit, a bit weird yeah it seemed a bit odd to me um still a good sequence um and... i think also, also bear in mind that their mission was to get the infinity zone not to take him down that's true, that's fair Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll let you off. I'll, I'll let the directors off of that one. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, Thor going off to um, the, the, the kind of... What was it? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a spaceship, was it? Was it a planet? When I built the weapons? Star. A star. I think it, yeah, I think it was like a... It was a space station powered by a star, I don't right. I think. <laughs> okay. Um, but I thought that was great. Peter Dinklage, always good value. His second Marvel appearance as well. Yeah, because he was, he was in X Men, wasn't he? He was in uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, was the one. Um, you know, playing a giant dwarf, which I thought was was quite inspired uh, and quite funny with it as well. Like had some good lines there with with Thor again. Um, Thor in this film is still very much Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Still very humorous with his lines. Um, I feel like I do a good impression of Peter Dinklage in Infinity War. <laughs> well, let's hear it. 
it'll kill you. It's not terrible. It's not, it's terrible. not bad, is it? It's not it's, bad. It was, it was better than Craig's impression of Amanda last night. And That's probably, what killing you means. Probably on a par with, um, with mine, Craig's, and Chris Ripley's um, impressions of Ray Winstone from last night's show as well, though, to be fair. Um, which we won't do now, because it's, it's not, he's not in that film. Um, I did think that bit was a bit naff, though. What, where Ray yeah, Winstone was, turned up? Well, no, just the... <laughs> no. <laughs> Ray <laughs> well, you, mean, you mean when he when he um, when he was making a weapon? Well, well yeah. When when uh, Peter Dinklage says, you know, it will kill you. He was absolutely certain it was going to kill Thor, and, it, and it basically it, just gave him a, a mild sunburn. Of, yeah, a couple of cuts, wasn't it? Like, he was fine. Um, yeah, slightly toasted. <laughs> Don't you it, think he's like, fifteen hundred years old as well, isn't he? He's looking good. So, yeah. It felt like a very much like a scene from The Hobbit, that section. (laughs) You know what? I can see what you mean there, yeah. I know, know, like, Thor's Thor's backstory is more kind of like that. Um, So it didn't, like, feel massively out of place, but it did remind me of that, like, elaborate sequence from The Hobbit where they're kind of reigniting the fires. We didn't start the fires. (laughs) Um, Craig, I think you was going to say something that didn't involve Billy Joel. No, I just thought um, Thor's comfortable in his own skin in this film. He was very focused, he knew what he was doing, whereas in the last couple of films he's been a bit drippy, a bit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think we'll, we'll mention that in a second, because, I mean, obviously Thor had to get a new weapon, um, because if Thor had a hammer, he'd hammer in the morning and hammer in the evening, um, and probably all over Thanos, but he didn't have a hammer anymore because it got destroyed. So... Uh, in this film, he had to come up with a new weapon, um, a brilliant axe, um, which, and I'm not sure how key this is, but contains Groot. Yeah, Essence of Groot. Yeah, which I think is, is actually axe, one of the new this... Link's body space as well contains Essence of Groot. <laughs> is this from the comic books, this axe? Yes. It is, it is in the comic books, yeah. Right, Okay. <laughs> But I don't comics, think it contains essence of Groot, though. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it does either. But it was it was a nice, I thought it was a nice little moment. Um, but what it was that, a nice moment for Groot to kind of stop playing his game. That's true. Because he was kind of like, oh, actually, shit, someone's in trouble. I better do something. <laughs> it, you know, but you know what? It was a bit of a turning point because you know, in the last in in Guardians Two, when Groot was still a baby, he was very. Um, kind of all over the place, like babies are, no kind of element of danger, um, you know, just kind of did what he wanted to do. It, a teenage group just seemed to be a bit of an ass. Yeah. He didn't care about anything. <laughs> so it was a nice turning point where, you know, he did pick the right moment to go, actually, I need to do something. So maybe yeah. that was kind of a, a bit of a turning point for group then as well. Um, it it be... was reminiscent of the uh, We Are Group moment in the first Guardians movie, I felt. Yeah, yeah, there was some similarity there. I, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah, and it, and it should be remembered that for any teenage boy to donate his right arm is a hell of a sacrifice. <laughs> wow, that's very true. <laughs> we don't all have the luxury of it growing back quickly, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not all dead. Stronger than ever. Yeah, it did grow back quite fast, actually. That's a good point. Um, so one thing we haven't mentioned about is is while you know a lot of this film is going off in space, uh, Wakanda is going to be under attack because uh, that's where the vision is. Um, now, when they try and get 
they're, they're trying to destroy the, the stones. They go to Wakanda because of the, the technology there. Um, and it was good. Although the last Marvel film we, we saw was Black Panther, it was nice to go back to Wakanda that quickly. Yeah, it was. I think the, the one thing is, so, so Donna uh, has not seen Black Panther. So that scene showed up where they're all kind of standing there doing those chants. And she looked at me like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've said to people that I don't actually think, and I, I still stand by this, I don't think um, you've seen Black Panther before seeing this film was that important. Um, and I think in terms of story, it's not. But no, no. you do obviously understand the background of those characters when you have seen Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it stands out as a bit odd if you've not seen the movie, but I think you can, you can easily get by on the story without seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like, that's then where the, the, the final kind of battle takes place. You know, there's one infinity stone left for, Oh, <laughs> there is one infinity stone left to go because we've missed out one of the more crucial stones, which is when Thanos got the soul stone. Oh Yeah. <laughs> This was a bit. This was a, a big sequence, and this was probably actually an even bigger shock than uh, the opening sequence in terms of yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one because you saw the return of the Red Skull, who not played by Hugo Hugo Weaving though. Now it's funny because I thought the accent was a little bit off. Yeah, it's not him. But I couldn't work. But at the same time, I couldn't remember exactly what the accent sounded like. But I thought. Hugo, I know what Hugo Weaving sounds like, and it wasn't him. Um, but then I couldn't remember what the Red Skull sounded like, so I wasn't sure. But it was I think a- they dropped a slightly German accent, but I'm assuming because he'd been lost in space for a while, somehow he'd, he'd picked up the native space language instead. Yeah, yeah, well, they don't speak much German out in space. It's a well-known no. fact. Um, and I think he was played by an actor from The Walking Dead. Yes, I think he was. You're right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Glenn. No, I'm joking. Um, he played it well, though. I thought, it was, I thought it was good. It was a nice surprise, actually. Yes. I don't see... I didn't get the relevance of him being there, but I know he yeah, went off somewhere when they, they killed him at the end of um, Captain America, but... Well, because he tried to, to get the... What he did. Well, it's because he tried to get the Soul Stone in Captain America. That was the... Yeah, Is that, that what he was doing? Yeah. I mean, he didn't know that's yeah. what it was, but... That that's oh, weighing okay. it up there, yeah. So no, it did actually... it was his punishment or something, wasn't it, to kind of stand there and yes. And as you said, you know, he it was something he would he would never be able to get. He was like damned to, you know, want to get something that he would never actually be able to achieve um, because of the nature of it. Um, I hope in the DVD extras we get to see Thanos going up to Red Skull at the end and just going to him, you will never get this, you will never get this. I'd, I'd like to see him just go, uh, well, you, you'll know, if you, not of you, sorry, and just push him over the edge. <laughs> What's he going to do now? He's like, <laughs> least, you know, at least before, there was a stone that he could, like, he knew was there that he couldn't get. If the stone's not there, literally, what is he there for? He so just sit, cut the camera pan away and he just walks over the side. Oh, whilst, whilst the sad Hulk music plays. <laughs> he's going to be raking it in there on the tour guides everyone's going to want to go there and have a look see see where Gamora died that's true yeah (laughs) Guardians pay double did you see the blood yeah I thought it was quite intense for a Marvel film Mm. yeah Yeah. Yeah. again 
I, I felt it was needed because, again, you needed proof that someone dies in a Marvel yeah. movie. Because you always think, oh, they're going to come back. So blood is necessary for death. Oh, well, you've got I... a time turner in these films. All these characters are going to come back. I swear to God, she won't die. Well, Gamora, I, I think Gamora is potentially trapped within the Soul Stone rather than being permanently dead. So I don't know if she will come back. Yeah, it's I just interesting can't... you say that because when we left there, um, and I, after I saw it with the wife, um, I said, in my mind, Loki's dead, Heimdall's dead, and Gamora's dead. There is mm. no coming back for those characters mm-hmm. because they all died um, for different reasons. With what Thanos does later on in the film, you know, you do sense, and obviously with the characters that it affects, there's got to be a comeback for them. But for those three, you thought there wasn't. But um, you, that, that's a really interesting point that you, you said there, Ryan, because um, at the end of the film, you go back to seeing young Gamora. Yeah. And that is in the soul, like he's in the soul stone when that happens. He's in that, that world, that dimension when he yeah, sees at- and that's kind of the version of Gamora that he he loved, I guess. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's I'm I'm pretty sure that's well, I'm not 100. percent I don't think I can ever say that, but I reckon there's something there that will happen potentially. Oh, I think I think you're right, but it was certainly shocking because again, oh, it was yeah. You, you it's a character which okay, it isn't the most it isn't a, um, an Iron Man or a Captain America, but. Those Guardian films is such an integral part and has really been some of the, the glue that's kept that those films together. Um, just just and, yeah. go like that. And without that moment, they would have um, stopped Thanos. Yes. Because uh, Star-Lord was the one responsible for the destruction of the universe. Oh, yeah, they had the glove off. Yeah. That was literally like, you know, it was to his fingertips. Yeah, wasn't it? You know, the glove was just about to slip off his fingertips, and then boom. Um, so yeah, so I do think that going back to Gamora's death, the scene where Thanos he's in tears and he's tossed her over the side, and then the whole entire cinema screen is taken up by Thanos and his profile. And for me, that that was like such a brilliant uh, move from the director. It's just a focus on him and his reaction because you've got to see more layers from him. This isn't a bad guy who is just like uh, the Joker in a sense, who's mm. just keen on being uh, on, on creating all this chaos. He has a purpose. He believes in it. He believes he's the only one who can do it, and he's willing to make these sacrifices. But emotionally, it will still affect him. So you've got this great big powerful bad guy on screen in pieces because he's just had to kill the one person he loves to co- to complete his mission for the benefit of the world, what he believes. I think that's really interesting because I was thinking about this yesterday after coming out of the cinema and thinking, actually, for a big great bad Marvel villain, he doesn't really kill anyone. You know, he, he lets a lot of the heroes yeah. just... Get get off and walk away because he's not interested. He's got the the end goal, and that's all he cares about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like perfect example with Star Lord, where he stands there with Gamora and he says to Star Lord, "I like you," and then he walks away. Could kill yeah. him. Could kill anyone. Could have killed Drax, uh, Mantis, but chose that it wasn't necessary. It's not yeah. who he is. He's not a killing machine. He could, but that's not who he is. 
And at the end, he's, he just goes through all of the heroes, doesn't he, to get to, to Vision. He's not killing any of them. He's not, yeah. he's not interested. No, he just gets them out of his way. You're, yeah. you're, you're spot on. So, yeah, it's the last two stones. One is, is Thornton Space, and you've got Stark, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and the remaining Guardians. Um, and then in, in Wakanda is the, is the other one where his, the last of his children are trying to get the, uh, the Mind Stone from, uh, from Vision. Um, and like we say, it, it did look like at one point they were going to finally defeat Thanos um, and get the gauntlet off him. And Star-Lord does his hot-headed impression where he was so overcome with emotion hearing that Gamora had died that rather than focus on the end game, which was to get the gauntlet off Thanos so he couldn't destroy everyone, he instead, you know, caused that, that their plan to stop working. Because had he not yeah. attacked Thanos, they would have had that gauntlet off. Oh, mm-hmm. He's very similar to how uh, Tony Stark was in the original movies. Like, yes. I think Tony Stark's kind of yeah. evolved a little bit, and he is a bit more willing to make a plan. He's still a bit of a douchebag to... Uh, Doctor Strange, I think that's just who he is. But when it comes to stuff like that, I think he's kind of evolved. And whereas Star Lord hasn't really got to that point, mainly because I guess he's never had uh, a serious relationship. And uh, the ones that he's had, obviously, he lost his mum and his dad, so it's not not really going too well for him. Well, his daddy was a planet, uh, exactly. And you know, his surrogate dad was uh, had a had a massive um, mohawk, so. Yeah, I think that's right about Star-Lord, because, again, he doesn't see himself as a superhero. He certainly doesn't see himself as an Avenger. Um, so for him, and you see that personal trait, that when they're talking in the ship at the start, that he's more concerned about the cheddar cheese rather than going to save people. And, again, I think that's what the movie does well, in that it shows so many different characters, but you get to see a bit of their personality also. Yeah. So, in the end, to to save Tony Stark's life, which I'm still not completely sure how that happened, because Tony Stark got a sword right through him. He was skewered like a kebab. And Doctor Strange says, look, you know, sacrifice his life and I'll give you the time stone, and hands it over to him. But Tony Stark's had a massive knife right through his gut, and all he does is he glues himself shut. And he's in, yeah, he's in space with no... Immediate medical attention. Those nanobots, they're powerful, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. It kind of looked to me like it was sort of through his side more than through his guts, but still. Like, yeah, I mean, I think if it had been probably through his guts, he would have been dead a lot quicker than he was. Um, so you're probably but, uh, right. I think, I think that was done well, because I went into the movie thinking that Iron Man was going to be the big one to cop it. So yeah. when he did like drive him through with his sword or whatever it was, I'm thinking, oh fucking hell, here we go. Oh, the eyes, um, the eyes were twitching at that point. Even yeah, though my, my my expectation was exactly the same as yours, you still nothing was going to prepare you for it. Because yeah, let's be totally. honest, you know, no matter what you think about Tony Stark as a character, and you know, you could argue that he's because he's been the focus of so many of them that he's a bit overplayed. He's so integral to these films. And let's be honest, this whole Marvel universe of films solely has been brought together by Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. Yeah, and all of the actors as well regard him as that folk, that's kind of central point in which they almost like, they've said it in interviews, they feed off of the, the energy that he gives that character. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was the best thing. I, I don't think anyone else could have had that impact that he did. The films would have been successful, I'm sure, but um, he was so perfect for for the role. Um, yeah, and I think that has obviously led on. Um, so Thanos gets a stone. They're kind of in des- disarray up in, in space. They don't really know what else they can do. And Thanos goes down to Wakanda to get the last stone. Um, but I think, I think there, in that scene, there was one of two crucial lines from Doctor Strange, where yes. he says to Tony Stark, we're in the end game now. Yeah. yeah. Like the, uh, we, that, we always get the impression we're playing out through that one scenario that he's seen. Absolutely, yeah, I think so. And he has to say these type of things because the general public of today <laughs> are thick. So <laughs> he's got to take us he's got to take us by the hand and lead us down that one path with his little one liner. And what was it? Uh, was it fourteen million six hundred and five combinations? Yeah, yeah, it was something ridiculous like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um so and you know, there was only one of those possibilities that worked. So the thing is, although you're like, why has Doctor Strange done that? you also realised he knew what he had to do or the chain of events that had to happen for this plan or for them to win. Yeah, I mean, I also think that that was a little bit of a movie cliche, wasn't it? Only one scenario out of 14 and a half million. That's, I mean, yeah, that's pretty bad. If he'd have said there's like seven, that would be more believable. Yeah. Out of 14 million, seven. Okay. Fair enough. Odds yeah. still like stacked against you, but one? Mm. Well, yeah, even just type. one in a thousand, one, or one in a hundred thousand, you'd go, yeah, all right. But 14 yeah. million is such a massive number, yeah. and one so, is such a small number. I mean, so, odds as well in the lottery. How does he remember all of them oh. as well? Uh, uh, magic. I, th- I think personally as well, if I'd have got to 8 million and it's still zero, I'd have given up, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. You say that, but maybe it was the first one. And he's like, <laughs> OK, well, there's at least one. Let me go through the other 14,604 <laughs> that I haven't done yet, just in case there's more it's than never. One. Listen, it's never the first one. That's very true. Um, so then we get our final sequence on, on, on Wakanda, which there's been a, the war's been massive down there. Um, lots of aliens um, get against not a lot of Wakandans. The, the thing is, they've got tech for them, so their weapons are quite strong, so they've been able to hold off a lot of them, but there's still casualties during that fight. Um, and then, at the same time, we've got Scarlet Witch, which is now kind of come to the point where she knows that the only way to stop Thanos is by destroying that stone. And losing the vision. She couldn't do both. So she's determined to get rid of that stone. Um, and Black like, Panther's sister, though, she is, she's cracked it. We just don't know she's cracked it yet. Yeah. They'll, they'll stick the new one in his head and he'll come back. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. And Ryan said earlier um, that, you know, at this point, this was another example when Thanos had his own endgame. He could have killed all of those Avengers... And he didn't, you know. And even, sloppy, he sloppy gave, way, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, because he didn't need to. And you know, you know, even giving Captain America an extension up in our house. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he's not Polish. But um, even when he gives Captain America the old Mike Tyson, Shawn Michaels punch, you know, he could have killed Captain America. But again, he did. That was he one hell of a punch, by oh, the way. Absolute beaut. 
absolutely. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was that moment when you think, right, she's going to destroy that stone. She stops Thanos from getting too close, and she destroys the stone. You think, well, at least he's done that. Then you remember he's got the time stone. And before he'd even done what he did, I realised what was going to happen next. Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious what he was going to do, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, which is a shame to an extent. Um, but, unlike Craig, to me, the vision's dead. See, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I, I think they succeeded in separating it just in time. And, I mean, obviously he's had half his face ripped off. But I'm not convinced he's going he's gonna to be dead. No. I think the sister's got. I think the sister's got his personality on a memory stick. Yeah, he'll come back. They're putting in Baymax. Sixty-four gig memory stick. He'll come back as Jarvis two point That's it. <laughs> or Night Rider. He could come back as Night Rider. Yeah, Tony Stark retires, gets a nice little sports car. <laughs> in goes division. Three birds. Firebird or whatever it was. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it was, it, uh, um, I was trying to read up about why he changes colour suit. Um, apparently, it is referenced in the comic books about him wearing a grey suit. Um, but I didn't want to read too far to see if it then gets spoilers of the way. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, but then he gets it. And at this point as well, like, when Thor went back to come back to Earth, obviously come to Wakanda, so that's where the fight was happening... Oh, for, for, by the way, for, for me, that's the best bit of the movie. When Thor returns oh, to Wakanda or goes oh. to Wakanda with Rocket and Groot, best bit of the movie. He is Why didn't he play the Thor music? The Thor music? What, what, what music? Zeppelin. Oh, but Led Zeppelin, yeah. Oh, immigrant song. Yeah. That, was only, that was only in the last one, so... I, I, you know, exactly. Yeah, but no, like, to me, that was, you know, that had a very Aces vibe to it. So I think that was... Purely just for that. Plus, as well, I imagine immigrant song. They had it. They paid for it twice in Thor Ragnarok. I bet it's not cheap to get that. I reckon they would have paid a fortune for it to go into Avengers. Oof. Well, yeah. On second thoughts, you're probably right. Um, but no, he was absolutely kicking ass. And then, just when you think there's no turning back, everyone's defeated. Thor launches that axe right into Thanos, and you think, ah. And this is this. I think is crucial, right? Because when they first announced Infinity War, it was Infinity War Parts 1 and 2. Yeah. Then they turned around and said, actually, Avengers 4 is not going to be Infinity War Part 2. It's going to be something else. At that moment, even though Thanos had all the Infinity Stones, when Thor launched that axe into him, knowing that it was a weapon capable of taking down Thanos, I thought, ah, okay, so this is how they win. Yeah, then, I did have that moment where I thought he was going to yeah, get it there. Absolutely. And then, of course, he says, you know, you should have gone for the hand. Or should have gone for the head. And yeah. he snapped his fingers. And, of course, again, going it back to... It was interesting he said that, because uh, I think even at that point, Thanos should have realised this is a 12A movie. There's no way he would go for the head. Mm. I don't know, didn't Star Wars Episode Three go for the head? Didn't they chop uh, <laughs> Dooku's head straight off? They did, and also, oh, yeah. and also in uh, the Last Jedi, they chopped um, Snook in half. Oh, yeah. Or oh, yeah. In half. <laughs> so they're, they're not averse to decapitation. Yeah, completely. It was quite, a, it was quite a big close up, though. I think you're probably right to do it that close yeah, with the camera a... facing him. Might have been a bit risky. Might have been a bit grimace. <laughs> uh... I, 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 I felt they missed a trick with this because you saw all the Avengers attacking Thanos 
try and stop him. But there was one missing. One um, Avenger didn't attack him, and that was Rocket. Rocket didn't have a go. And I felt they missed a trick because with the, you know, I love playing a game, Marvel Contest of Champions, and there's a great little, um, when you hit the character's finish on Rocket, they cast his uh, gun to one side and kick him across the room. And it would have been great to have seen that in the movie. Um, so yeah. I, I wasn't sure why they would have left Rocket out. Well, yeah, it's, that's interesting because there's a, um, there's a Telltale series, Guardians of the Galaxy series, and in that, um, the Guardians are trying to take down Thanos. And Rocket, like, is classic Rocket making a gun um, out of whatever he's got on him, and he manages to actually kill him. Yeah. Um, so he, if, out of all of the, the characters, yeah, I think he's definitely one that could, could create a weapon that would at least do damage. Well, I wasn't sure if it referenced back to when Star-Lord said in the spaceship, you're only going there because you don't want to face Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Or it, it could have been that they couldn't afford the CGI, I wasn't sure. Well, we've already talked about uh, Tony Stark, uh, Bruce Banner in the whole Buster suit, so you, you could be right. Could have just been a hand puppet, Brian Connolly style of, of uh, a rabbit. Uh, Frank Oz turns up to do the voice. <laughs> so, um, so Thanos does what he says that he was going to, uh, not what he was going to do, but what Gamora said he was going to do, which is snap his fingers and eradicate half the, half the planet. Um, and that's exactly what happens. And then you are left with this absolute devastation. Now, although I can't say, you know, I've said I'm not a massive fan of Cap, I'm not a huge fan of the Winter Soldier, I like him enough, but I'm not a massive fan. But when you see Bucky die, you're like, oh shit. And then you're like, well, who else is going? And then you start seeing yeah, the big sorry, names. Sorry, my initial reaction to that, I didn't clock on. I thought that he'd like, um, Thanos had unraveled the powers. And uh, Bucky disintegrated because he's like a hundred years old. That was my initial reaction, and I got it so wrong. <laughs> he didn't. To be fair, he didn't make it that obvious. I, it, it looked like he just teleported away, not that he mm. just activated all of the stones. Well, because he maybe, I need, maybe I need to watch it again. No, because what happened was he clicked his fingers, and then he immediately went to Gamora, and what we then, you know, figured out was the the Soul Stone, where the Soul Stone was located. So for her to say, you know, was it worth it? And, or, you know, what did you lose? And he says everything. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, and then it comes back, you know, so you kind of had that flash away to, like, the, the soul dimension or whatever, and then back into reality. And that's when everyone starts pegging it. And like I said, like... You know, I, I, I was surprised that they went with the click of the fingers, because wasn't it a decade ago, every time you clicked your fingers, an African child died? Um, it's got the location to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and also, and also, it reminds you a little bit of the Adams family theme tune. That's much more cheerier oh, than an African child dying. Nice one. Well, yes. No, we're talking about the depressing sorry. bit of the film, but still, there's an opportunity, so, I think, to edit the Adams family tune with Thanos Clifton's <laughs> fingers. Hey, I've, I've still got, uh, I've, still got I've still got to uh, edit Justin Timberlake into uh, into this episode at some point. So I don't want to do any Jeez. more post production work. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, uh, yeah, and so, you know, the first one to die was, was Bucky. Um, I wasn't bothered by that. I, that's I, what I'm saying, like, it was, it was a bit really sad, rating. but you're like, okay. Um, but then it's, it's everyone else. So the, the, the big shock initially was, I think, Black Panther, just because he's, like, you know, the newest uh, Avenger, really. He just went as well. It wasn't really yeah. a... Well, he was trying he, to He save... didn't have a Spider-Man speech, did he? 
No, well, yeah, I, I think it just happened too quickly. He he was he was mid conversation trying to save um, his uh, his second in command. I can yeah, that's what right. Name is who? Uh, Unchala. Condor Tala, this is no place to die. Oh yes. And it's really good that um, Nelson Mandela had an appearance this year. I forgot about it. <laughs> that was a good impression. You know, it was. It was, it was a good impression of Nelson Mandela. Um, <laughs> Somebody get this man an arm. <laughs> exactly, Nelson Mandela. Um, <laughs> and then um, I'm going to wear then, a crazy shirt with my suit. There's, but then there's a few that really do. So, like, Groot got me. Yeah. Having already gone through losing Groot once, to lose the son of Groot um, was just like, oh no, that's not good. And then um, you find out it's not just, it's obviously not just where they are that this is happening to. And then you see the Guardians, and the fact that all the Guardians go, other than Rocket, Rocket's the last Guardian standing, if you don't include Nebula, which we probably should do. Um, but you see Drax and Starlord and, and Mantis go. And then the one, and if this, if this didn't even tug on your heartstrings, you are some kind of absolutely heartless bastard. But Peter Parker turning around saying, I don't want to go. Now, I I appreciate that people have turned around and said, oh, it's very uh, David Tennant, Doctor Who. (laughs) I was about to say that. (laughs) Well, I will say this much. I don't give two shits about Doctor Who. Um, and I haven't done since... I never forgave them for killing off Sylvester McCoy, right? Um, and I know that never seems... Never them for recruiting It's such a bad McCoy. movie as well. So let's, let's not just say you that. It's take, such a bad movie. You take that back, Mr. D. I heard what you said. Just because other never. people were talking, I bloody heard that about Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> they gave us ace, God damn it! They gave us ace. Um, but um, I, know it's, I know it's very similar to that. Um, and I, I have, although I'm not a fan of New Doctor Who, I, I was aware of that scene and it is quite upsetting, but I don't care that it's similar to David Tennant. This is Peter Parker, and Peter Parker is Peter Parker, and that's it. Um, and for him to like turn around and say, I don't want to go, it just broke my heart. That was oh, it. Was, and it I, was sad. I've seen this film now three times, and every time I've got upset. Yeah, it's, it, it is one of those moments. But I think with the one problem I had, and as I mentioned, Spider-Man is my favourite character, but the one problem I had is that he evolved so much as a character throughout Homecoming. And then in this, he still seems to be a bit like, oh, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. And and I I felt like maybe they used that a little bit too much in this. I get it, but he's still only 15. Oh, yeah, I know. So, you know, and also as well, in it's the short round of the Marvel Universe. Oh, no, don't say that. No one likes short rounds. <laughs> I'm not even the actor that played him like short rounds. I mean, <laughs> all right, he was better than Willie, but, you know, that's hardly that's a phrase, yeah. is it? Um, <laughs> Nothing's better than Willie. <laughs> show title. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, it was... It was horrible, yeah. It was yeah. a really horrible moment. You know, you know he, he looks up to Stark. You know, he's always been... Looking at Peter Parker is all the actors involved in the Marvel films. He looks up to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, I I know what you're saying, but I, I give it a buy because had it been anyone else, I'd have gone okay. But because he's always looks up to Stark, it made sense. Uh, but for him to go, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know how I can go on after this. Um, and then I, it, 
it, I thought it was quite amazing how the the way the 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 gauntlet worked is that it gave characters some characters more time to die than others. So I thought it was a weird way of if it working. That's, that's my my point. Spider Man had a freaking ten minute monologue. Everyone <laughs> else just went to think. Yeah, it was an amazing speech. It was across as corny. None of it needed to be said. You just well, said, you could have said it with his eyes. But hang on, right? I don't think you got any right to criticise this because you just turned around as it was the greatest film you've ever seen. It is. But <laughs> you've still got problems with it. A 98 out of 100. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually one lesson I gave it. Um, so, and, and that's it. And then you think, okay, well, how's this film going to end? And again, going back to the, what Craig said earlier about them really hammering stuff home. They did make a reference to the fact that what Thanos wanted to do was be able to just relax, look over a sunset, um, mm-hmm. and be able to rest. Um, and that is how the film ends. And I think that is what is so special about this film for me, is the fact that you are waiting for the good guys to win. You are waiting for time to be reversed or someone to do something and put everything back to how it was. And that film ends with the bad guy winning. The thing as well, when everyone disappears from the galaxy, right? normally when that stuff happens, when time's messed with, people forget everything, don't they? Like, so I've never been born, so everything I've done doesn't exist and all that. But everybody knows that all them people have disappeared and they remember them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, well, you know, I, I, but I also don't you think he was he's he's weakened there. He, he's either exhausted or he's mortally wounded. The way he sits down, he's done in. Don't you think? No, I the thought that also looks like it's 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 had its one use and he can't use it again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah the is is smashed and damaged, but he looks really knackered, like he, he's done a shift. He's been on his feet all day. He deserves to sit down, doesn't he? It's been an emotional day for him. I mean, think of it. I mean, I'm not religious, right? But think of it like God. Like, God God spent six, apparently, allegedly, um, depending on what religion you are, took six days to build the world, and on the seventh day, he rested. Well, Thanos is on his seventh day. Yeah, but God didn't have a big, massive axe in his his chest. Well, hang on, Craig. That we we know of. Exactly. That's my It's not going to go in the Bible, is it? Yeah. You don't know. We don't know. There's it could be a deleted scene. What, in A Passion of the Christ? <laughs> in A Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Which was clearly a documentary, <laughs> by the way. There's Jim Caviezel walking about with an axe in his chest. <laughs> um, now... I did, I think you said about Thanos and the day that he's had. I loved the line that he said to Scarlet Witch where he says, you won't even believe uh, the day that I've had, basically, he turns around to her. And I'm like, mate, everyone is dying? And you're complaining about the day that you've had. I loved that. Yeah, I reckon he just wanted to take his shoes off. You know, because he wasn't... It, I don't even notice, but he wasn't... He wanted, si- he wanted sympathy. He wanted sympathy from one of the people he was trying to kill. But he's only human, isn't he? Oh, no, he's not. But maybe he's got a human trait. Um, right, we've we got to the end of the film. Now, uh, it looks like the, the official number that's come in is it took, in so America... A... Huh? Should we have a drum roll? Nah. Nah. 
Let's not do that. Um, it took $258 million, $258.1 million in the US uh, in its opening weekend, uh, which is about $10 million more than um, Star Wars took, The Force Awakens. It's crazy money. It's, it's, what's remarkable about it is that Star Wars has been a huge franchise since the 70s. They've, that, they've accomplished in 10 years what it took Star Wars 40 years to do. Yeah, 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 fair it, point. It, it's remarkable. Um, you know, I, I get that there's been lots of Marvel films. You know, there's, you know, what was this, the 18th Marvel film or something? Um, but, but don't forget, they've also got some solid source material that's been in... In and around for longer than forty yeah, years, but, they, but that, that also includes Thor: The Dark World. That's <laughs> very, very true. So you know, I let's, mean, let's not pretend that all these films have been fucking great because they haven't. Some of them. Have been oh no, one hundred percent, really terrible. Oh, shockers, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're built on that, but for them to have done this, and, and we talked about it a little bit on, on um, Universal after that, but um, you know, it's getting to a point now where Disney might have to turn around and go, you know what? You know, Star Wars was supposed to be our cash cow, but I think it's going to be Marvel. Yeah, I think it depends on the success of the last, what the the last one in the trilogy, and in some respects, the Han Solo movie. Yeah, but it's the future because the thing is, with Marvel films or with with the Marvel world, you've got so much already. Like you say, this is this is stuff based on you know sixty years worth of comics all these characters, Star Wars is something they, they are pretty much making up as they go along in a lot of respects. And they've just given the brand new trilogy to the director that you would argue that fans probably is the, one of the least favourite movies. Yeah, well, fuck in The Last Jedi. So I, 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 the Last I, Jedi I'm, was fine. I, I like The Last Jedi personally, and I'm excited to see what he does with the next trilogy, but I think it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely on the back foot now. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories though in Star Wars. Oh, the books there's like the, of... which they the Disney yeah. have canned off. This is like there's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah, that's the problem is that now anything that was kind of considered canon at the time, all these kind of spin-offs and stuff, is all been completely chucked away by Disney. So now it doesn't mean they can't steal from it and make it canon again. Possibly, but I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. I never got into that the extended universe of Star Wars, so it doesn't really bother me um, that they they did that. But a lot of people have been pissed off about that, and I don't think those people will be very happy if they did start picking and choosing what they wanted to kind of bring back into the fold. But regardless, um, it's an interesting time for both both franchises. When they bought Star Wars, um, I thought this is a thing that was going to like be their cash cow for years and years to come, but. The, the, has Marvel has, has Marvel really referenced the multiverse yet in any of these films? Not really, no. See, that's, that hasn't been exploited yet. I bet you that's in the next film. I mean, if you think about where the comic books are going right now, you've got, um, what, like a female Thor. There's loads of stuff going on in the comic books. Isn't Valkyrie um, Thor at the moment? I think you might be right, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um that stuff that they should be, that I think they probably will be exploring in the years ahead. 
there'd be some crossover happening, things like that. But I mean, the one thing we forgot to talk about is that is the end credits sequence, yep. yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is uh, now Captain he, Marvel. He, in, he disappeared, didn't he, and went into the sunset. I yeah. can't remember when he disappeared. He had a guest appearance, didn't he, in um, um, the Agents of Shield in season one. Yeah, but I think his last appearance in a Marvel film may have been. It wasn't Captain America Winter Soldier, was it? He was, was in it? Winter Soldier quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, he was. He was but... in Winter Soldier, yeah. But I'm not sure if that was his last appearance or not. No, I can't but remember. He, but he seems to be. He's got all the shit together. He's driving a big box car, and he's with that bird again. Yeah, he's so Maria is, Hill, yeah. Is he in charge of Shield she, again? Well, or? Shield doesn't exist, does it? Like, or not in the same way that it did? So I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was quite strange. Now, what's so the, the end credits scene for those that didn't get the reference, which to be fair, might be quite a few people because it wasn't particularly obvious if you didn't know, because um, I wasn't even particularly sure myself. But um, the the pager that he he sent a message to which I'm sure half the audience of Marvel films are like, what the hell's that thing, um, was, uh, was reaching out to Captain Marvel. Now, Captain Marvel is not the next Marvel film. The next Marvel film that's coming out is Ant-Man and the Wasp this summer, which I think we have to assume is set before uh, Yeah, Infinity I think War. so. Um, yeah. Just because of the nature of what happens. Um... Captain Marvel is actually set in the 90s. Which is why... It was Ant-Man. Huh? It was Ant-Man. They did, make, did, they... They did, they did mention Ant-Man. Basically, him and Hawkeye, because they had families, decided to kind of almost take witness protection when the whole um, treaty came in about the, the, the superheroes. Yeah, see, I thought this was interesting because they said they were under, I think, like house arrest or something. House arrest. And I'm thinking, I'm not being funny, but the world's being destroyed. You'd probably come yeah. out of that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think it's just I quite did. a poor excuse for them saying they were busy filming Ant Man and the Wasp. Well, I I don't think it's that at all. I think because you didn't see him in this film, they're going to play. Because let's be honest, the next film's going to start with who's left. Yeah, you I need reckon to they will improve gonna, the roster. Yeah, they're both going to play parts in the next film, absolutely. Um, but Captain Marvel is set in the nineties. In that, she's film, got a shit ton of powers as well. Well, that's it. She's supposed to be the most uh, uh, powerful Marvel superhero. So allegedly. is she? Is she their version of Superman? Yeah, pretty much. I'd so say. what is her backstory? Where she come from? That's what we're going to find out alien? next year. That's what we're going to find out next year. I know, yeah, but is there anyone here now who knows anything about her? I think she was a uh, fighter pilot. Um, she was, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's her backstory. I don't quite know. I don't really read any of her comic books, so I'm not really sure how she gets her powers and stuff. I just know that she's incredibly powerful. She was uh, in Kong Skull Island. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. We're not talking about the actress. <laughs> um, but good film go and see it um, but yeah Captain Marvel set in the 90s um, both Nick Fury and uh, Agent Coulson are going to be in that film 
And the villain from Guardians as well. Really? Oh, Excellent. Yeah. 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 R- Ronan, is it? Ronan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ronan. Yeah, yeah like he's, Ronan. he's in it as well. Excellent. Um, it, 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 is that why he uses a pager? Because she's in the 90s? Yes. I was going to say, it's quite... <laughs> yeah. It's got to be that. It's got to be that. In the same way that Steve Rogers still uses a, a, a like a Samsung phone from like 2002. Um, yeah. She also uses old tech. Um, Nick Fury's also, this isn't much of a spoiler, but uh, Nick Fury has two eyes in this film as well. Now, again, what's interesting in Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel is scheduled to come out at the moment, I think it's like the 6th of March? Yeah. With Avengers coming out, not even a month... uh, May, I think, Avengers. uh, I think it's the... I think it's like the third or fourth week in April. Oh, is it early? Yeah, well... At the moment, we get it in April, America gets it the 3rd of May, but that's probably going to change again. They're going to align it again, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, but what it does mean is that Captain Marvel, you know, there'll be about a six-week window between Captain Marvel. Black Panther, I thought, was quite close to this one. This one's going to be an even shorter gap between the two films. And because Captain Marvel's going to play such an important part in this film, you're going to have to go and see it. I think that's why they... Because they, originally Captain Marvel was supposed to be this year. I think right. that's why they bumped it back so so close to the second part. Yeah. Yeah, because it will kind of play in so much. So, so yeah. So, for anyone who didn't know the end credits uh, sequence, that's that's what that was alluding to. So, yeah. Um, right. Uh, we've done the whole film. Uh, and we talked earlier on about how we felt about it. Did, was there anything else that anyone wanted to bring up regarding this I'd say just Thanos for me Thanos um, it's his movie Uh, but not only that for me having seen all these he's the best bad guy that comic books have to offer right now yeah I think Bruce Willis played him brilliantly as well oh don't don't make me me hate Thanos (laughs) (laughs) well what I thought was good about him was he wasn't just like a baddie just because he was evil in his mind, he was, you know, he was doing something to save the other half of the universe. That's right. Yeah, I'm, you're absolutely spot on. Like, every villain is doing it for some kind of power trip on agenda. He legitimately thinks he's doing something positive. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's so unusual. Um, and the other thing as well is that whenever you watch any kind of superhero film, or any film, really, even like Bond films, you know the villain's going to lose. No matter how powerful they they appear to be, there's always a way to, to beat them. And the person is always going to find that way to beat them and, and save the day. And this film did not have that. And the thing is, and I mentioned, I mentioned someone last time, I won't give him another name check again, but um, the reaction to some like, people that have seen this film uh, they can't cope with with the film because of how it ends. Because it ends with the bad guy losing, uh, the bad guy winning. Um, and I think that's what makes it even more kind of special in a way, is that it takes the convention of what you expect and it completely changes it. Hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. It's a fantastic movie. It really is. Like I know we we kind of pick holes in it, but but I think it's a phenomenal film. 
I, I think you say it's so bold to have the bad guy winning. You don't see this in movies, as you say, in any movie. You very rarely, I could only think of a couple of movies where, in the end, the bad guy stands tall. Um, it's so, so rare to see. And it's bold, like, throughout the whole movie, to showcase the bad guy as being so involved, yet powerful, yet having that emotional side. It's completely different, especially for the superhero movies. Killmonger, everyone was championing Killmonger as being one of the best uh, bad guys. But again, he followed the same uh, line as all the others of the, you know, saying what he was going to do, not really showing him in any combat until his first fight with Black Panther. Thought, oh, yeah, he's tough. Didn't kill him. And then he has the end fight with Black Panther and dies. That tends to be the same line that every bad guy follows. But Thanos completely different they've blown it wide open this was a movie that for 10 years they've been building up to and they smashed it and one thing i think we need to say as well is that on on two on two counts you've got to give major props to the russo brothers firstly firstly for making the film as good as it is because this could have you know really not been that great and i mean look don't get me wrong like there are you know, I have seen people that really are not that much of a fan of this film. And, you know, no one is going to... No film is going to be perfect for everybody um, or is going to be an amazing film for everybody. There will be, you know, pockets which don't find it entertaining or anything, and that's fine. But to make a film with the size of cast they did, with the egos of the cast that they did... Um, and with the the need to give as much screen time to characters as as you know as possible, they've done it so brilliantly well. I've got no idea how they managed to do it, um, but but they they did it. They you know no one. I don't think there's any characters in that film that you felt were really shortchanged. The only characters that you could say were a bit shortchanged are, are characters like uh, Falcon, Mantis. Which, to be honest, they're always, you know, kind of background characters anyway. So... I, I still think they have some great lines. Though. Oh, no, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, though, if you, like, worked out how much screen time everybody had, they still had less than people like yeah, Star-Lord yeah. or Spider-Man or Iron Man. But they would do anyway. They would generally have less uh, things to do. So it still works in the context, but to get that balance, and, and that's the other thing, Thanos mentioned it, it's about the balance, um, trying to get the perfect balance, and I honestly think they managed it with this film in terms of, of you know, giving everyone as much time as they needed. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Mm-hmm. I concur! <laughs> Right. In that case, I'll wrap this up. So, um, in doing so, thank you all for for coming on. Um, if I knew it was going to be uh, over two hours, I would have warned you before. But sorry. Um, so, all I want to do uh, as we we sign off is uh, go around and just plug. So, uh, I'll start off with Luke. Luke, you are over. You are a representative from Universal After Dark. Um, so, can you tell people where to find you? All you got to do, go on YouTube, look up the After Dark podcast, boom, and just click on my face. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, <laughs> and you're on Twitter at... Berdewick Luke. That's it. Uh, just my last name and my first name. And, of course, <laughs> at Universal After Dark as well uh, for the rest yep, of the yep. show. Uh, 
Mr. Day over at Disaster Dark. Yep. Which is this actual podcast. We don't need to plug that very much. Um, <laughs> Craig, Strike, do you want to give a shout out to Strike? Go and have a, have a little search. Um, Strike, yeah. It's all about Marvel. It's all about the MCU. Uh, we're working our way through Jessica Jones at the moment. I think the next one's going to be all about this film, so go and have a little dabble. There you go. Uh, and finally, Ryan, where can they find yes. you? Yeah, we're on themeparktrader.com. Our username across all of our social profiles is themeparktrader. And I'm on Twitter as well, at Rhinogs. So come and find me on there. And, yeah, we've got a podcast every week. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping to um, be on that podcast soon with our Craig to talk about our trip to Orlando. Uh, I'll, out it, I'll out it publicly. I'll even out it publicly now so that you have to have us on to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that one. And, of course, my buddy Y2, we're over at Pop After Dark. I couldn't do you one better. Why Gamora? <laughs> if that isn't a way to end the show, I don't know what is. So thank you, dear listener, and we'll see you with another Diz After Dark very soon. Please get lost, Squidward. So me and group will go with the pirate angel here, and the morons will go to nowhere to try to stop Thanos. Cool? Cool. So cool. For the record... I know that you're only going with him because it's where Thanos isn't. You know, you really shouldn't talk that way to your captain, Quill. Come on, Root. Put that game down. You're right, you're brave. Okay, Notice you copy my beard. Oh, by the way, this is a friend of the tree. I am Quill! I am Steve Rogers. there dear listener now have you ever listened to a podcast and thought i'd really like to support those guys but i just don't know how to do it (laughs) well then you're in luck there are now two ways for you to be able to support us the first is by going to our spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash after dark network here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do the other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash disafterdark any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the after dark network on behalf of the other after dark podcast network hosts we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.
This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Network.